how do you pronounce Hed- it? Yeah, it's Hedrick. So right? it's Hedrick and it's C-H, but it's pronounced like it's C-K. Okay. So Hedrick? Yep. Okay. Perfect. Cool. All right, we're recording whenever you're ready, Devin. Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I am Devin Jordan. I'm with Trace Armstrong, Rob McIntyre, and our special guest, Logan Hedrick. How are we doing, guys? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Excited for this one. Had a blast last time. Got way too drunk, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's every show for me. I don't know what the rest of these guys are talking. Yeah. So, yeah, we're good. To- we're good here. And yeah, Logan, it's nice to actually talk for- about a super fun topic compared yeah. to... Uh, the end of total madness and gauntlet three like this is i'm amped for this one. <laughs> oh god well, Rob. honestly Rob, as, you know. as much as when i when we started podcasting about total madness i was like guys we know the situation we're in we're not going to get a season for a while by the end i'm just like fucking put a bullet in this season and end it i am ready for the off season yeah there was like the, there was the one really good episode with Corey and nelson at the very Agreed. end and then that was that was about it for those last six episodes yeah, that Hall Brawl episode was the, I mean, as awesome as that Johnny West episode was for me personally, that Hall Brawl episode with Nelson was amazing. Like, just And what so a good. disappointing final, too. Like, I'm sure oh, it was incredibly oh grueling, but as a, a rule of thumb, the, the producer should know, snow finals do not translate well to TV. Well, I, th- well, see, I thought the was- X's one was okay, but my just biggest issue is you needed not have it come down to one 15 minute segment of solving a math equation and walking through the snow for 10 minutes. Like that just well, can't happen. Think, well, knowing I, that the entire second day of the final was completely changed because of the blizzard is why we got the Zach Jenna episode, because that was supposed to be a two part episode final, but they did not have enough footage of day two to do that. So that's why we got that amazingly awful Zach Jenna episode we did at the beginning of the season was because of that. And then the D situation happened and everything went off the rails. So I've had to give them a mulligan on Total Madness. Like there was some high points, but there were some really bad low points. To Total I don't Madness. believe in mulligans for TV shows. I don't and honestly, why. if you don't have to eat something horrifying and disgusting on a final, you're not a real <laughs> champion, Jenny. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> and having just watched the Battle of the Exes final this past week where they were drinking like blood, I mean, yep. it was in Rivals 2, my favorite, the greatest final of all time, where they have to they, they go into the restaurant of death and they have to drink the fucking fish guts. And that's one of the. Yeah, yeah. that's that's I think real that fun. to me is like the perfect example of how to do a final under adverse circumstances, because they were supposed to shoot that one in like Tokyo and do like a city type final. And then they had to call some audible at the last second, and it came out like perfectly fine. Like yeah. that final, like tested like six wow. different skills. You had to go. I had no idea times. that the, that that whole fake out wasn't actually an intentional fake out. You're kind of blowing my mind right now. Yeah, I think that's reported, right, Trace? That that, that actually is what happened. That is what happened. It's not public, but from a source of mine, that is exactly what happened. I don't get why they made the editing decision to exclude two of the checkpoints that actually occurred in the final. And add in 10 minutes of them literally just walking from the end of the first day <laughs> to a cabin. Like, what are they doing? <sighs> yeah, they, they made Rogan and, I guess, Kyle. Who's the girl? Well, who's the girl that, oh, that Bailey, got the, the Bailey points quit. put on him? Well, oh, no, I'm talking about the, the, the first part that was sh- not shown. Rogan claims that there is a bunch of points or whatever put on him to make him have to delay the start of the yeah, first right. leg oh, of the fight. Oh, that's right. I remember that's, from so, the interview. Like, yeah, yeah, shot. Bailey. I think it was, it was like a Casey. Casey. Yeah, exactly. I think it was Rogan and Casey that got the the time penalty. Yeah, yeah. which is I insane. Not a fan. It's so, we missed so much at the end of that, but 
I'm currently because of still I was actually off work from my day job all this week. And so it's been raining and I have not been able to work in the yard or work on my deck as planned. And I've been just binging the challenge on my wife and daughter out of the house. And it's like, okay, I went through Rivals 1, Battle of the X's, Battle of the Seasons, and I started Rivals 2 today. And it's just, it's amazing how different those seasons are start to finish than what we just saw. It's a night and day situation. Battle of the Seasons, the last season without bananas. Which is insane. It was also, they actually put in the, uh, uh, somewhere in the season they mentioned, it's the it's the only season without a member of the real world Key West cast since Fresh Meat. Interesting. That's nuts. Like literally. Yeah, yeah I guess Paula duel, wasn't on that one either. No, she wasn't. And so from the duel until today, except for Battle of the Seasons, there has been at least one person from real world Key West. Because Paula was on duel two with John when Johnny wasn't. Cutthroat had both of them. Like the real world Key West has the most appearances of any season than any other season of the real world or road rules and of course yeah, there's the like controversy of, combined there's yeah. a controversy about uh uh real world australia or sydney that's that was supposed to have a team and dude a- allegedly uh isaac had heart palpitations or something and they said he was gonna die if he if he ran a final he did oh an gosh. amazing podcast where he refuted all of that and the real reason it was is because apparently they were all at a hotel before they went to the house and apparently he and dunbar were like in the best shape of their lives and then who else was on their team? It was Kellyanne and Kellyanne. like Aya or something. Right? No, 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 no. It was Ashley. Yeah. It was Ashley. Ashley? Yeah. Oh, I Ashley think that's her flies, name. Right? From the island. Yes, Ashley from the island. Okay. And apparently all the other teams looked at them and were like, they're just gonna smoke us. And so, like, apparently at the I hotel, just can't buy a team with Dunbar and Isaac. I like, know it's that so. That's why everybody. I take I take Who's, Isaac's is this, interview is, with a grain of salt. But at the end of the day, he basically said that they all had mics on at the hotel and like Frank or Zach came up to him and were like, hey, if y'all win, do y'all want to like, can we make a deal here where we all split some money somehow? And Isaac was like, yeah, sure. And that is why Isaac and them were sent home and they used the doctor. They're going to be piping hot tea. Why Why would Isaac and his team be sent home, but Frank and their team not be sent home? If they're the ones that initiated it. That is why I was so sense. weird about the whole interview he no, did. But at the same it. time, I was it's like. freaking Isaac. I, I, I agree. I don't think you can take anything Isaac says as yeah. truth. He was supposed to show up to Challenge Mania Live out here in San Francisco with a baby goat. I think I said this on the last <laughs> pod with you guys. And Scott was like, no, no. idiot. You can't do that. Wow. <laughs> But I totally I mean, buy Isaac wanted to show up with a baby goat. That is true. <laughs> well, there also could be like 17 different reasons why Isaac is not allowed on a challenge season. <laughs> Probably true. Probably true. But I will say this. I love Isaac on the challenge because he's so entertaining. Like he's never going to win, but I'm all in on him being there completely. So, well, good time. So do we want to tell the people right. we're, we're like 10 minutes in and we yeah. haven't even told the people. Let's what just we're keep shooting the shit for two hours. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what's going to happen anyways. It will <laughs> do, we need scre- do we need to screaming at each other to start now? <laughs> um, it can start whenever we would like. So we are here to talk about the top eliminations in the, sh- in the show's history. We decided on our top six, but we'll probably talk about many more than six um, as we give our honorable mentions at the end. I don't know how we want to kick this off. So before we before we actually start the list, 
how hard was it for all of you to come up with just oh six? my god it wait was are we horrible. doing six ever or just six i thought you said just six in the recent trilogy no six total period ever like ever. six from the history ever. of the show yes yeah Oh, Jesus. I didn't know. Oh, did did that not get communicated well? <laughs> I thought for some reason we were just doing War of the Worlds, War of the Worlds 2, and Total Madness. No, no, no. We had two options for a show, which was like, hey, let's recap the last three seasons and what were the best moments, or let's just do the top six eliminations of all time. And that was what we went with. Oh, dear God. All right. Am I back now? Yeah. Yeah, blame my dog on that one. I'm just making a note that we need to edit that out. Um, she just decided to jump in my lap and knock my microphone over. All right, so Kyle. Logan, do you think you could do top six ever? How long do you think you'd need to come up with like a comprehensive list? <laughs> Give me about thirty seconds, and I'll be ready. Okay, cool. Right. I, I, Perfect. Now we can make sure that like, well, we still have everything, right, Trace? Nothing got stopped. Oh yeah, no, the recording kept going. It was my microphone, so like the the, the recording is still here. This is not a good omen. <laughs> I just think it'll make for a better show because Logan's just going to be off the top of his head and we're going to be like, what? <laughs> yeah, mine are going to be some hot takes. Hey, hey, you know what, Logan? If you pick a face-off from the island, I won't be mad. I will, I will be mad. <laughs> I will be very upset. Let's just leave this in. Let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so good I, times. Like, I, for me, it, like, I don't, I don't think this was that difficult at all. Like, I think for me, like, the top, like, I don't know, like, four or five were super easy to come up with. And then after that, like, I just didn't think there that there was that much in contention to, like, compete with those ones at the upper end. Um, yeah, I, I kind yeah. of, well, so I, my top four was very, very easy. I was set on that basically from the moment we decided on the topic. And then I had, like, six or so in contention for those next few spots, and... Yeah. You could ask me at any point over the next five days, and I could have a different two. Like, I, I was way up in the air on those two. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, so, like, the ones after, like, maybe the first four, like, mix them up, shake them around, like, I don't have a strong opinion about. And to be honest, like, I don't even know, like, how strong of an opinion I have about the ones in the top four, right? Like, I think those are all, like, someone could make, like, a good argument to me about the ones in the top four, and I could be like, yeah, like, that one, like, could be a little bit higher. Um but I, I think those really stand out compared to the the other ones on the rest of the list. Yeah. And see, I had a struggle between there are eliminations that are really good competitively, and then there are eliminations that are amazing from an entertainment standpoint, but might not be that good of an actual elimination. And Definitely. so like that was the war I had was the top four came immediately. And then I really struggled with about 20 other eliminations between either competitiveness or entertainment value like, and what it was really that? boiled down to competitiveness but there was a lot of entertainment that made the honorable mention list like what was that like netflix was it a netflix documentary or like a woman who like like came up with ways that like taught you how to declutter your life and it was yes. like like what was it i never I don't saw talk it. about marie kondo maybe some someone marie told Kondo's? me basically what's her name Someone told me the basic premise of it, and you're supposed to look at like whatever you're deciding to keep or throw away, and ask yourself, does this bring you joy? Yeah, that's, that's exactly pretty much, it. That's pretty much what I did with these eliminations. Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, like, how much joy does this give me when I watch <laughs> this? Like, <laughs> and that is honestly <laughs> why three me. of the eliminations in my top six legitimately just made me happy watching them, and it was like these are three in the top six. And after the first five, I was just like. 
like they're 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 good. They're definitely good, and they're there's a reason why they're in contention to be on the list in general. But they're just they're just not the same as the first five. Okay, but also, how much of a factor did you take in of like how much? like the political scheme of like voting somebody in maybe for a dramatic moment. And also the winner sort of dictating how the rest of the season went. It played everything for me. Okay. Everything into my decisions. Yeah. So like, that's something that I like, like as I rewatch some of these, that's a big factor because there are eliminations where like the house is like completely engaged in the elimination. Whereas like some of the other ones on this list, like people could like really care less, like who went one and who, who went home. But yeah, I think like, that's, that's a significant reason why I have some of these ranked the way that I do. Like, there's actually a Corey Hunter elimination from Dirty 30, I think, is very good. But the house is just not so not involved because functionally in the game, Corey and Hunter are kind of like represent the same sort of part. So there's not like a huge investment from the rest of the cast. And that's also why I don't have any of the Fresh Meat Exiles in on my list. I just would prefer the cast to be there, sort of the arbiter of the audience and be really invested in the elimination than have them, you know, find the person in the car on the way back. Yeah, Rob, this is a place where we very much agree because I really just having watched Fresh Meat 2 in the last week, loved all of those exiles, but none of them are on my list or my honorable mentions because it's like, the drama seems very manufactured because of the editing and you don't see the response of the house. And so like, I could not put them on my list. You don't see the response of the house. And at the same time, you also can't really tell it's difficult to gauge exactly like how far ahead someone finished. Yeah. What's going on. To, exactly. Yeah. Like with some of these, like you can tell that like someone like kicked the other person's ass and a lot of other eliminations, but the, in the same way that you compared the, you said the Corey and Hunter one from a few seasons back, you could even make the same argument about like the elimination between like Rogan and Nelson from this last total madness season. Right. Like it was a great elimination, but like, I don't know like how much like passion there was like from the house in general of one side. It like everybody was pretty the other. consensus point for Nelson. Like, yeah. I think, I think the investment from like Corey and Festy and even like Johnny and Kyle rooting for Nelson by the end, I think there's enough, but there wasn't. It's, it's not to the extent of some of these, but I think there's enough investment from the house that it puts it over well, something like the Corey Hunter one. There has to be investment from the house, but it's also even better if there's division, right? So yeah, like, there's people on ma- both sides. There's a large majority of people who care, and there's a split of the people. Uh, for there's a split on each side about who they actually care about and want to win. Yeah, I think there's one from my list here that perfectly exemplifies that. And I, I think there's a couple as I went back and rewatched these. Like okay, I think I'm good. I, I honestly don't think like our list will be that much different. Like I think we talked I, I disagree. a little bit. Uh, do you guys have like any... our top three will be very similar? Do you guys have any I... from the, the fresh meat too, where they have like, like go into the exile? No. No, I did not have any exiles. No. No. Although having just rewatched that season, I wish it had been in my top six of the top six seasons we did because and kick the island out. No, I would have kicked out the duel. Oh, come on. Same. Two thumbs down duel. Boo duel. It's a ridiculous opinion. (laughs) All right. Well, I just crumbled up all my notes, threw them in the trash, and I've got nine off the top of my head. I'm ready to go. I like it. I like it. Let's let's start with number six. Who do we want to have go first here? Let the guests go. All right, Logan. It's all you. Number six. Number six. Well, it looks like I've got two number sevens on my list, so I'm going to have to make a split-second <laughs> decision right here. <laughs> I am going with, let's see, 
We've got uh, Invasion of the Champions, the final guys elimination, Darrell versus CT, where CT quite literally figures out and solves the not-so-fast elimination, basically rendering it uh, uh, moot and irrelevant Yeah, for for the rest of challenge history. Uh And, you know, the producers have gone back to it. They went back to it this season. But uh, I think they should have retired that elimination at that exact moment because – when you get to a point where CT can actually stop working and take his time and Darrell <laughs> has no chance of undoing that knot, that is that is what the stuff that legends are made of on the challenge. Um, does anybody else have pick. that one higher on their list? It is not on my list at all, but I um, applaud that decision. Not on my list either. That's a good one, though. That I is really good. Choice. I think all of those – actually, that last set of eliminations from Invasion of the Champions is actually very, very good. I agree. That that's a great like elimination night too because that's the same elimination challenge between Laurel and Camilla, mm-hmm. right? Which allegedly Laurel threw because she wasn't ready for a final, wasn't in good enough shape. That, I don't that's, buy that. I don't buy that. At I all. don't buy it either. Camilla we'll actually. Some, we'll definitely her. have some throwing elimination talks later too, but I, that's one I'm not buying. Where did you hear that? Just out of curiosity. Oh man, I th- that's that definitely comes from the the Car Maria defenders of the world who are probably not the most. <laughs> so the, the, the source is questionable at best. Yeah, good call, guys. <laughs> All right, someone else. All right, I'm gonna go next. I have a surprise. I, this will not be on anyone else's list. I guarantee it. Derek and Timmy. From the that's Gauntlet Two, that's a wow. That's a that's that, an off the wall take. That's a really good one. But Mine here's the thing: what played into it was the drama of the build to this. Like yeah. Derek was made the captain of his team, and he had to fight the entire time. At the beginning, his team was like, "Oh, we can't stand you." Yeah. And then at the final elimination before the final. He runs up against Timmy where he's the small dude against the big guy and Timmy beats him. And when Timmy won, no one was happy. Like Timmy felt bad that he had to well, beat Derek. Like he wanted to go to the final, but Timmy also felt bad that he had to send Derek home. Yeah. And it kind of made Derek the perennial underdog of the show until he won a challenge. And so just the emotion of Derek trying so hard to get to that flag and Timmy eventually overpowering him and doing it. It was great television. So Derek and Timmy from the gauntlet two is my number six. Yeah. Talk about earning your stripes. That, that is a crazy season for Derek right there. That is a pretty crazy season. I think Um, I I wouldn't have that one. That one's just sad for me to watch. Honestly. I don't know because at the end, like when he goes home, like everyone kind of like rejoices, like cheers, cheers around him. That entire season is really like the narrative arc of Derek, right? From when they get there on the show, everyone thinks he's kind of a wild card till the end where it's between it's between Timmy and David and Derek wants the two one of them to make the decision on who who will go into elimination. And he doesn't want to pick either one of them. And Timmy steps up to the plate Everyone's sad to see Derek go, and in the elimin- er, in the reunion, which if you go on CBS All Access, you can now watch the challenge, and you can watch this reunion finally after it was the long-lost episode from the show's history, and see the moment when Mark Long gives his red bandana to Derek. Yep. Is that the elimination where 
the host, I forget who it was that season. It was TJ. Early TJ season, yeah. It's He's asking them season. a trivia question, and then they have to like wrestle for the rock that has the correct answer on it. And that is it that, one. that was where Derek beat Adam Larson to take mm, the captain okay. away from it. And Cyrus. Yeah. And Cyrus. Oh, yeah, no, Cyrus, that's the memorable Brad. one. Brad, that's who it was. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and also, and here's the, the other thing that led into the drama of this elimination. TJ respected Derek so much by the end of the season. Because if you remember, they had to spin the captain's wheel to find out what the elimination would be. And TJ said, Derek, you have fought so hard this season. I don't want to put your fate in my hands. You spin the wheel. Yeah. And so he actually ceded that moment to Derek to spin the wheel for his own fate. So like everything from a drama standpoint was note for note what I want from a challenge elimination. So and, I was all in on it. And on the rookies team in that season, there were a lot of people that were on his original road rule season too. So there were a lot oh, of people yeah. on the other team that cared at the same Tina, time. Tina, uh, Jody, Abyss. Yep. Yeah. And oh, minor Joe side and note. Also... Minor side note. By far and away, no competition whatsoever. The worst final in the history of the show. Oh, Easily. Not, not even a question. Even Battle of the Sexes 1 was a better final than this one. But because of the storm that the, ruined the gam- whole set... They right, had the, to the gambling up a aspect of the it. Last minute. Can't they just keep them there an extra day, wait for the thing to pass? Well, apparently they were there an extra five days before they did that final because they just had to scramble and come up with something. I'd rather them have like do them do a scavenger hunt in the house at that point than that than eat roadie. I think they just didn't think far ahead enough. Like like we've talked about before, they just don't care. Like they didn't think far enough ahead to anticipate how the cast would exploit the rules that they set up. I think that's what it comes down to. And the fact that they made it up on the fly, that's one of those moments where I give the challenge producers a lot of mulligans because it's like, okay, a storm destroyed your original final. What can you come up with? And if you've got two days to to, to come up with a final, if if that's what you come up with, you just got to make do with what you got to make do. I mean, people got to get home to their lives. They can't just indefinitely stay in Tobago until you rebuild the final. True, okay. but but we've seen on fresh meets where literally nine tenths of the final is just them running up and down the beach. Also, a fair fair point. <laughs> yeah, like and that, but even then, that's way better than what they came up with. You're gonna bet double dunes. <laughs> yeah, nonsense. So yeah, so there's my number six, and I stand by it. No one will knock me off that rock. Yeah, I'm assuming nobody has that one higher, correct? Correct. I think that just missed the cut for me. Even though I don't have it on my list, I think that's. Very good. Uh, to to be honest, I didn't even really think about it, but I think that's that's definitely a solid well, number six. I had a 22 elimination shortlist, and that did not make the cut. Wow. Okay. This is like when somebody like drafts somebody in fantasy football, and they're not even like in the system yet, so you kind of just have to write it down in chalk and then go. It's kind of like those people that drafted Tim Tebow his rookie season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, this this one also is definitely not going to be on anybody's list. And to be honest, I don't feel great about it. If you talk to me like an hour and a half from now, there might be something else in its spot. But I had Cara, Maria, and Naya from Free Agents. Oh, oh, oh. brutal, brutal, grueling endurance elimination. That, Which one is this funny, that's, This is, it was a looper. It was kind of like the one they did with Derek versus Timmy. It's the looper elimination where it's reverse tug of war and they have to like loop through the pilots and pull each other apart. Um, and I usually kind of, pretty kind of hate that style of elimination. I just think it's almost always defaults to who who weighs more. But yeah. this is one of the few times it doesn't. And I actually think Kara has like a unique strategy where she kind of turns herself into the sand 
And it is a brutal elimination. Like, they show, like, a time-elapsed part of it, and they're there for over an hour just pulling into each other constantly before Naya eventually gives the NLS car ring the bell. And that's also really kind of her entrance into the challenge world as, like, an actual dominant competitor. Because to that point, she had been okay in competitions, but was never anything special. And from then on, I mean, she loses the one elimination to Laurel that season. but for, With a broken hand. Much, yeah, and she's pretty dominant from that point on. And I think, obviously, now has emerged as the female face of the show. And doesn't Nia separate her shoulder or, or really mess her I, shoulder up somehow in that one? It surprise me if she did. And that one also has a great after show afterwards where Johnny mostly is trying to break up the fight between Nia and Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that, with Johnny Mosley is gold, so that's fine. Is that why you sent that out the other day? That's I stumbled upon it while I was looking for this elimination. But, um, yeah, kind of. Oh, yeah. I honestly think their weights might be closer than you think, Rob. And this is Nia's much- way bigger than her. Like Nia is a like like a tall, tall for a Nia is a family. solid five nine, five ten, and Kara is like five six. Like she's yeah, about but- as tall as Laurel. Yeah. I think Kara has like a little bit more like size to her though, as far as like muscle. I don't know. This well, is she's definitely got more muscle than Nia, that's for sure. Not as much back then though. Definitely now, but on free agents, she was she's not like she doesn't have as much of like the strength body type as she does on from bloodlines on. Yeah, we've talked about it before. It would really be nice if they just gave us like height and weight on these people, and that, that would like shit. they weren't pro would, wrestling weights and heights. They, that would go light years uh, as far as like our ability to like analyze these matchups a little bit better. Um, so my number six, I would guess, and this, I think I'm in this boat is Rob. like you could convince me of probably over a dozen other eliminations that could be over this one within this range at any point in time over the next week and i'd probably agree with you but i did happen to watch this one before we got on and was dying laughing in the middle of it so okay, I'm gonna, i know what you did <laughs> so what do you think I, what do you think i'm gonna go with is it kendall versus leah from the inferno no I was oh, before on. we before we got on. I was gonna send a text message uh, out in our group there and say someone has to be the sacrificial lamb and put that on their list. It's so on my not, list. Here that, we go. That's what I like to hear. There we, nice. That is not on my list. I'm going Rafi versus Mitch from Bloodlines. One of the <laughs> Whoa. hell yeah, I dude! I support him. that oh, a thousand percent. Great moments from that season. That was that's the highlight of the season, right? Like, is there any other moment Blood that season that we're like, here a few that? very high peak moments? You have oh, that. everything with Abram is a highlight. Yeah, the Abram. The, that's the true. Mike versus um Thomas, or is it? Is that Thomas? It's his brother Stephen. Uh, the Mike versus Thomas elimination where they smash the house. You have the the best fight in challenge history between between Jenna and Brianna about yes. her dad working bakery. in the bakery. Yeah, and they have the one incredible. really cool challenge where they go underwater into the yes. little pods. And that is a really Abram cool literally threatens to suffocate Johnny. That was really great when they're both under there. Like, are we the only two here? And it's like, yeah, well, let's go. <laughs> it's also actually not a badly designed final. Like, I think that's actually a very well designed final. It's just not particularly competitive. No, I really wish that they would do a final that resembles Bloodlines again. That's almost like an amazing race final where they're in a big metropolitan city Agreed. and they have to do like tasks throughout a city, but they're all on foot. Like I would kill to see that final. Like I think it would be amazing. Uh, speaking of challenge 
all-time legend Mitch. Uh, my sister has actually partied with him a couple times on the really? campus back in the wow. day. <laughs> so shout out to them. Is he like sweet. bringing salami to parties or whatever he was eating in bed with Rihanna? Remember, right. he like pan fried a frozen pizza while he yes, was there. He did. So for the people that may or may not have seen Bloodlines, what is the elimination between them? So it's kind of like a it's kind of a tug of war. That's pretty much what it fundamentally is. <laughs> it's it's a, a tug of war with a chain that's pulled through. I don't know, like kind it's of, just like a pulled, tug of war. there's like some closer to the ground. To Mitch and Rafi square off against it's Rafi, right? Is that who he goes against? Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's Dario's twin brother, Rafi. It's Dario's brother, Rafi. And so they're in a tug of war. Mitch is at one point like a fair amount of head. It seems likely that he'll win the elimination. And then he starts to angle towards the edge of the mat that they're on. And outside the edge of the mat, it's surrounded by sand. He steps a little bit too far off the edge of the mat, winds up going to the sand, falling onto the ground. And while he's on the ground, Rafi starts to pull him over the line because that's the goal of all of this is that you have to pull a point on the chain past a yellow line on your yep. on your side. Once you do that, you officially win the elimination. And in the middle of this, Rafi is about to win. But before the point on the chain crosses the yellow line, Dario runs out onto the mat, starts to celebrate with him pushes him onto the sand, giving Mitch <laughs> enough time to regain himself and pull Rafi onto his side and win the game. Is it the all-time dumbest elimination moment? It, it is so legendary. That's another oh. top six we should yeah, do. That is another top six. The top six brain dumps on the challenge. So number one <laughs> with a bullet is just Danny. Um, I mean, there's like, dude, if we did dumbest moves or something in the challenge, I'd have to prepare for like five weeks for that podcast i have like six you could bring up from every episode but i was in in the middle of watching this i was just like cracking up laughing it still holds up years later and it you, you can watch that without very little context of what's going on and still get joy out of it all right so for maybe the first time in the 50 something episodes of our podcast i can find no fault with anyone's decision with any of this like i actually see why that would be on someone's top six so well done everyone that's great that's what, oh, just that's what just wait till we get to number five. Oh no, no. <laughs> all right speaking number, of number five, five logan shoot yep. so uh, i will admit uh, i'm doing this on the fly and i'm flipping my number five with my number nine because the, the, my number nine was such a wild dark horse that I was just like, you know what? This one is too wild. It needs to have representation on this list. Uh, my number five was going to be Jordan versus Bananas uh, on Free Agents, where okay. Jordan goes down, flips all the kill cards. But the elimination itself, sort of anticlimactic. Jordan literally only gets like halfway up the wall. And uh, the, the moment leading up to the elimination is more exciting than the elimination itself. So I'm knocking that one off. I am elevating. Wait for it. Dramatic pause. From Vendettas, Kyle and Brad versus Polly and my four foot ten sexy Latina queen, uh, Natalie Negrati, where she's getting spun in the hamster wheel over and over and over, splits her chin open, and somehow, some way, wins the elimination. 
That's from you final said Reckoning. vendettas, yeah. and I checked out. <laughs> it's, it's, final Reckoning, right? well, it's actually Final Reckoning. What's that Final Reckoning? Yeah, yeah okay. because okay. Vendettas is the one. Final Reckoning is the pair season, and Vendettas yeah. is just the one person. Mm, good call. That's good a call. hard one for me to watch, honestly. Like she's getting thrown around in that thing like crazy, and that's a weirdly designed elimination. Like shockingly, incredibly unsafe, and. Kyle is as violently as possible tossing her in this little ball, and yet somehow, what did they have to do? Grab these like flags uh, on top and the and the bottom. They of had to like ball? find the. It was a really hard elimination too. So your partner had to like read off the numbers, and you had to grab find the correct the correct color and number of ball, I believe, and then take them out of the hamster wheel, throw them into a thing, and make sure they are in the right order. Right, because there was also, yeah, a deposit element to it. Uh, so I think for – despite having probably four of the more forgettable challengers uh, on this list amongst all four of us, I, I got to have a little bit of a, a Natalie representation here. It's definitely a good – it's definitely one – I haven't seen that one in a while, but it's a unique one to watch because they haven't – I don't think they'll go back to anything like it, honestly, because it seems really unsafe. Um, but that, that's a one-timer, and – they do also with Kara and Marie and Cam and Kaylee also that episode, right? You could be right. I'm, I've, I've tried, tried to get a lot of vendettas and Final Reckoning, reckoning like, from that, my that memory. That thing is so weirdly just formatted. Like, what, what were they doing when they came up with that format for that Redemption House? Trying to extend the season as uh. long as possible. <laughs> it was called The Bad Girls Club Producers Should Never Have Been Anywhere Near the Challenge. Like I feel like the two, the four of us, but like could come up with a format that extends to twenty episodes and ha- have it actually be. We talked about it over text, an amazing format. We and could do it in I, less than twenty uh, minutes. Like I understand the, uh, you know, Exile Island, uh, Extinction Island, and Redemption House element. When you have a cast worthy of having something like that a la season 40 winners of at war yes, of survivor agreed. where you're like we cannot we're paying uh so many of these legends like such insane appearance fees that we can't have boston rob gone after two episodes like boston we need rob, him the rumor was he got 150k just to show up i mean i think like, it was 150k for both Island of the Idols and okay. Winners at War. Still, he got the better end of that deal. <laughs> right, which was, yeah, Island of the Idols is like a vacation for him and Sandra. But <laughs> So I understand that concept when you have people that you're like, no, 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 the, to make this appearance be worth it, we need to extrapolate them onto multiple episodes. But when it's, yeah, like the the, the cast that they had going to the Redemption House well, we see and 3030 30 and... True, the, that's a... Tr- Good That's point. the biggest thing of why I feel like the it, it worked perfectly on Battle of the Exes 2, and it never worked well again after that. Oh, you mean when it was it an online exclusive well show? Battle of the Exes 2. Like it, I actually think it works okay on Dirty 30. I think the, the Redemption House there is actually formatted very well. Well, the reason it kind of worked on Dirty 30 was because it was almost like a legend season where you brought back a bunch of people like Derek and Darrell and Veronica, and it's like, oh, if they get eliminated early, I still want to see these people. Whereas, like, Final Reckoning, it's like, I don't give a shit about some of these people. 
But on See, Nexus I'm coming two, more from just competitively. I think it like because the way they did it that season. My issue with the one on Nexus two is it just screws my guy Wes over, and he's the only person. <laughs> that to me, that's why it worked. It was it was a blindside. It was such a blindside. I I, I am a man, man of fair representation, and that that was not that was not competitively balanced. I mean, I agree with that. But with with Nexus two, the Redemption House element of it was online exclusive there was uh it was basically king of the house like somebody got brought in and then somebody had to leave there wasn't like a, a social element to it mm-hmm. and despite it being readily available maybe they actually didn't show you online who the winner of that last elimination was to save for the moment of when they bring back uh johnny and who was his partner nani it was nani, nani that season yeah no it was perfect like we've talked about this on our show before but like the moment that Wes found out that there was a separate game going on you knew he went oh shit bananas is about to walk down that aisle and when he heard bananas voice he just he, knew. he knew he was screwed and he was like i literally played the perfect political game all season and it's all about to get flushed down the toilet i'm screwed it, and that, that one does seem really set up against him honestly Oh, it totally was. Like, and if it, they give them also the easiest mission to gang up on a team maybe ever in the history of the show. I think you're giving the producers way too much credit. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I'm not saying that there's some agenda in, in the challenge production department, but that, that, that one seems a little little far. Fun fact, uh, the night that X's 2 um, final aired, you know, when Jenna and Jay just totally screwed quit, up. Uh, they they flash both of their Twitter handles on the screen, and Jay mumbles under his breath something like, "Oh man, like can you imagine all the shit we're gonna get on Twitter?" That was the night that Jay blocked me on Twitter. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. He, he and he has uh, yet to return to the show since. And still has MTV in his Twitter handle. Uh, of course he does. <laughs> I will say this though, Logan. Like I, that wasn't even on my radar. But I, I, that is an interesting decision, and you have made me want to at least go back and th- think about watching it. I think that they, it, with the final reckoning eliminations, the equalizers are obviously a major. It's just because the concept behind equalizers, like what actually makes a good equalizer? Okay, so like, should Laurel be competitive with? josh or should laurel just dust josh you know what i'm saying like how do you how do you come up with what's a good equalizer but i actually think the way they set up elimination in terms of the production value is actually quite good that season. the thing that i hate about that season and i will swear to this to my dying day is they fixed the eliminations or they didn't fix them they made it easier for the mercenaries to get into the house winning than they <laughs> should have that one that That's one where point. Hunter and Ashley came in, or no, it was Corey and Devin. Like, it was obvious that their elimination thing that they were doing was way easier than the team they went against. I mean, the other team they were, I can't remember who they were against, well, but they, they were too. struggling so hard with their piece of it. Meanwhile, Corey and Devin are just like, la da 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 da. And it was like, I feel like this is fixed. That, that you have one now. Was pretty bad. You have now also re- reminded me why I despise Final Reckoning, and that is for Johnny invoking uh, the recent passing of Devin's father in an argument. So that was really bad. There was a there, that's a that's a kind of a off-putting season. I I like it more than most people do for the most part, but the, there's there's definitely some blemishes. Okay, who's cool. next? I guess it's me. So I know that this is on Devin's list, but this is where it is on mine. 
Laurel Ninja, War of the Worlds 2. How can you not love the biggest shit show of an elimination in the history of the show where <laughs> both competitors screw up how they win? Laurel jumping down from the tower, doing the DX suck it to Ninja, and then losing. Like, it's so I, I have that one higher on my list. I, I have, have this one higher as well. Let's all right. So let's wait. We'll wait. But that That's is intro to that is my number appetizer. Five. A good teaser. Okay, so for my number five, this one I had a lot of issues with. So to for the seventh elimination, I just missed the cut for me. Ended up being Brad versus Abram from Inferno Two. Okay, um, on so my that, honorable mentions list. Okay, yeah. so we'll at least get to hopefully talk about it later. We will. Um, but I ended up going with Marlon and Jordan versus Leroy and Ty from Rivals 2 and number Ooh, 5. Nice. That's that's a good one. That's a I literally just watched that today. Oh, cool. Yeah, that is a crazy, intense elimination. There's one huge flaw with it, though. And, did, uh, Tracy, you think you know what I'm bringing up? Yep. Go for it. So there's so in the third round, which is going to be, like, the concluding round, it's going to decide who wins. They have this, like, cut to commercial that happens right in the middle of the round, and it completely screws up the elimination. Like, it's, like, halfway through, and they cut to the bell ringing, and they just see, like, an empty bell with the bell having been rung. And you can tell who wins on that commercial cut because under Leroy and Ty's belt, they were all tussling to, like, get to the bell. And then Jordan breaks free and goes and dives and hits his bell. Um, so that elimination cut almost kept it off the list for me. But outside of that, it's an awesome elimination. I love the yeah. moment when when Jordan and uh, Marlon both look at each other and they're both like, yo, we both played football at a high level. This is the Oklahoma drill. Like, we are hyped. Like, this is for us. I am ready. Well, they definitely performed better than Dunbar and Tyree in the exact same elimination <laughs> at the beginning of the season. Dunbar's the worst through. challenger ever. I, I hate that guy. He's not the worst. Okay, like, I will defend that. He's not the worst. He's not the best either. Well, apparently he was the running favorite on Battle of the Seasons until it got uh, According to Isaac, he was the running favorite. I don't think Dunbar is as bad as has been portrayed. I think Dunbar had some really bad partners at times. Like the moment he showed up I on Rivals 2, the, the moment he showed up on Rivals 2 and found out that he was with Tyree, he's like, I'm just going to go home because we're not going to win. We're done. Dunbar gets disqualified. Paula, yeah, Paula, the, the number Dun one female competitor. Yeah, I agree with that. Female, they ran into a brick wall against Emily and Ty. Like, Emily was so much in terms of a competitor standpoint, Emily is better than Paula. I just would want Paula on my team at number one because of how versatile and political she is. Emily's just a great competitor politically. Dunbar gets eliminated from any challenge like discussion in the future after he went and did a porno with pumpkin from flavor of love. So I'm out on all Dunbar discussion. I mean, it cost him his cutthroat money. Like he didn't get his money for winning cutthroat because of that. I mean, that was a stupid mistake. There's no way he made as much on that porno as he did winning cutthroat. That's such a weird even, law to me. I can't even confirm that that's actually true. I just know that Kenny talked about it on his, uh, like no quitters appearance. I you know yeah. people talk about that all the time. Though. No, literally they have the a challenge of all shows has a bylaw where you can't appear in a porno. That like, is a bizarre wow. thing that the challenge contract has a morality clause. Like what in the hell is that? <laughs> of all the shows. Yeah. <laughs> of exactly. all the shows, they have a morality clause. <laughs> how is, how is Kayla able to like toe the line on this then? She must like know exactly where the line is and not cross. Yeah, it. how is OnlyFans allowed? But no, no, no. Okay, but 
So she, before she ever got into her real world house, was already a suicide girl. So they cast her having already done nude photography. Yeah, I see. So they they knew what they were getting when they cast Kayla. And I also would say, and this is going to be, this is weird to say, but I feel like that the producers would have, well, that's not true because they cast Dustin. I'm going to retract my statement before I make it. True. Yeah, that is also true. Also, big shout out to my girl, Kayla. She makes 300 grand a year from OnlyFans. So honestly, she's doing MTV a favor coming back to the challenge. That's a good bet. You know, at, at that point, that is a good point. That's the that's fact more that, than like the entire cast appearance fee. Yeah, easily. Like, I mean, more power to her. I mean, I've Wes has made the point that Devin makes 100K plus on his OnlyFans. So Who is like that? I do not understand. Um, I, I, I don't nobody wanna, on this podcast. Nobody on this podcast. <laughs> but there are people that will pay for that. All right. Um, so yeah, I, I think that I think if you haven't seen the Marlon Jordan versus Leroy and Tyler, I would go it's back. Good. It's a, it's even like a really cool design for an elimination because the one the one thing with the rivals format is because since you have two people of the same gender on the same team, you can do a lot of cool stuff with eliminations, and we'll have mm-hmm. another one of the, those come up later on my list. Yeah. But I think having like the blocker with the offensive player in the hall, bro, is is just awesome to watch. I agree. They really, if they ever do another pair season like that, they need to bring that format back because the even though the Tyree Dunbar thing Dunbar threw it, it was still really cool. And then seeing the Jordan Marlin one. It's an excellent format for an elimination. They really, really need to bring it back. Agreed. Challenge 36, producers, y'all listening? We hope so. Wow. <laughs> so for, am I up? Number five yes. for you, Dev. Go for it. My number five was Derek versus Wes from the duel. I have that higher on my list. Oh, that's higher on my list. Yeah. Just missed the cut for me. Ooh. Wow. Although and it's considered like the OG pole wrestle. Oh, it is the right? it's the best no. pole wrestle that has ever happened. Challenge Media well, has literally made merch out of this elimination. Well, well, one of their hosts was in it, haven't they? Say that again. Well, I feel like they've made merch out of a few eliminations, right? They have. Mm-hmm. They have, but also Wes wins. Derek loses this. <laughs> yeah. Does Derek, Wes get a cut of that scrappy, one? Then? Probably not. But Derek, the 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 scrappy goat underdog, loses. To uh, is he is West roided up at this point? Yeah, we joke that he is. We don't. We allegedly, allegedly, we joke that he is at that point. Yeah, I have no. I'm not a steroids person, so I, I have no background knowledge of what somebody would or would not look like if they're on roids outside of like Barry Bonds. Truth, if I'm being truthful, I don't think he was. I think that his interviews that he has given on that time of his of him being on the show are true. He basically said. At the time, I didn't have a job that was full time, and all I did was work out four hours a day every day. And I believe that he was just in the best shape of his life. So I tend to believe him. However, there are collegiate swimmer. He he definitely swam at a really high level. He was a collegiate swimmer, so he was already slim and fast. And so adding some muscle tone to that made him a really amazing competitor at that point. So I tend to believe him. However, there are other people on the show that when I see them, I go, Oh, they definitely were juicing. <laughs> like I have, fr- like I have friends who have gotten like really, really big, just working out straight up. And I, I know they're not using roids and I obviously know that it does happen. So like, I'm just not, 
I'm not about like just throwing the accusation out there just because the person got big, unless if somebody else has like some other information that they're privy to, then then okay. But like just because, we, like I think a lot of times if people kind of just like throw it out there because the person's like you know huge and muscular, which I don't really buy. Do we think CT was on the juice duel too? No, I don't know if he was on steroids, but no. Well, okay, he's clearly on cocaine, but we're talking other. (laughs) Allegedly, allegedly. (laughs) No, I think that the real story there is his brother was murdered about. That's true. That is before he went on duel two. So you combine alleged drug use with alcohol with seeing his ex for the first time since. And it, it wasn't even just seeing his ex. It was he was triggered from Adam going behind everyone's back and yeah. whispering at DMZ are like, yo, uh, did you hear CT went and hooked up? Yeah. Like, that is some shady shit. Also for the record, Adam, I didn't really have a big opinion on him. I interviewed Kellyanne a year or two ago and she, I like asked some question about Adam and she like adamantly refused to answer. I was like, Oh, that's weird. And yeah. did a little digging Adam certified piece of shit. Yeah, not not a great dude. We he if you you have listened to our show, Logan, you know that I cannot stand the kid for competitive reasons and just he annoys me. But then when you take the allegations outside of the show, right. what were the I allegations? Am, uh, sexual uh, assault, I believe. We'll just say sexual assault, and we'll leave yeah, it at that. I don't know if we want to go, let's not let's not go any further. But there are allegations of sexual assault. We don't know if they're true. We don't know if they're false. But they have been made by multiple people. So. We'll yeah, leave it. The, at the that. rumors are out there. You you can find them on the the reddits of the world. Yeah, yep. This, this show turned dark on a, very quickly. Yeah, let's make let's, this fun again. Let's, let's make, make it light. Make, so let's make Logan Challenge Chronicles number, fun again. Logan number four. Number four. Another incredibly recent one. Maybe it's just because I watched every elimination <laughs> from the last the three last seasons in the last two hours, leading up to what I thought was going to be the the topic of discussion on this podcast, but. I no, my bad. I probably read it wrong. Uh, I had to have a hall brawl on here, and I actually so going back, you know, there's a lot of hall brawls. There's Kyle versus Theo. Uh, we've got N- Rogan versus Nelson, which had a huge emotional element to it, but I didn't think the elimination itself was epic enough to warrant being this high. I'm talking Jenny versus Tori, where Tori bashes her, steps over her like Allen Iverson 2001 finals over Teron Liu. And, and honestly, one of the greatest, I can't even say upsets, but just greatest elimination performances from a girl in the history of the show. Uh, and I've actually kind of cooled my takes on Tori the last season or two. Uh, also in the last week or two, since she's basically become a Pizzagate truther on Twitter. But <laughs> nonetheless, uh, I, I used to be a huge Tori stan, love her, and I really, really respected her for uh, absolutely dominating this elimination. Everyone thought Jenny was going to win it, and Jenny actually does the correct strategy here in going low, but she loses her balance on both hits and just gets trucked. Tori blasts her in both of these, so I got War of the Worlds 2, Jenny versus Tori. Yeah, that's a funny one because I went back and rewatched that one right after the um, Jenny versus the elimination from this season. And you think logically in your head, like, oh, you know, Jenny, like, failed last season in Hallbro, so she adjusts her strategy and then goes back and does it again in Total Madness. But she almost used, she uses a very similar strategy, really, on Total Madness versus on War of the Worlds 2. It's just that for whatever reason, Tori's able to just plow through her as she dives at her knees and Dee is not able to. 
Yeah, I think we, Corey is an incredibly underrated athlete, and I just think is nowhere. Like, D is nowhere near her in athleticism. We've, yeah, we've talked about this one a lot recently, from the Total Madness podcast to like us just texting about it in our group thread. But I think what it, I think Jenny just wasn't ready. She just hadn't done anything like that before. She didn't know what to expect, and now that she had been through it one time against D, she like blew the barn door off her, and it wasn't even. Well, what was funny? So she did a podcast with Challenge Manny, which actually like was very revealing about her past. Um, and she was saying that she ever actually you know, never played like contact sports really as a kid. That her fam- her family was like a musical family, and then she really got into fitness, but still was never like in contact type sports and then tori was i think she was defensive midfielder in college she was um, a soccer player soccer. yeah she's a yeah. badass and so but like with the defensive midfielder that's not like a like a finesse like soccer player like she, her big thing was like beating people off the ball so i just think in terms of knowing how to utilize physical contact tori was like a different level than a so lot of the other female competitors on the show so if they did it again tomorrow who would you bet on Ooh, that is a great question. Because After I would, watching Total Madness, I would bet on Jenny. I wouldn't necessarily put Jenny in the Corey popcorn muscles category. She's clearly like an actual incredible athlete. But doing CrossFit and becoming super jacked when you're an adult is totally different from growing up with full-on contact sports. Agreed. Uh, so I would say I'm talking like – 55-45 in Tori's favor. Yeah, I would slightly lean to Tori. Just, just very slightly, but it, yeah, I, I think it would be. I think I would be down to have it, honestly. If, yeah, and the only reason, the only reason that I, there. yeah, the only reason that I bring that up is because if we just based off, based it off of that first matchup, you would easily pick Tori, right? But I think based off of the information that we have now and kind of have more an idea of what went into that elimination, I think the the results could be much different the second time around. I just don't think Jenny had any clue what she was getting herself into. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I think, think you see that, that a lot she knows now. On the show. Like a lot, especially a lot of these British cast members come onto the show and they're expecting like, so like the show that she comes from survival of the fittest, apparently by fittest, it actually meant like most attractive, like how people in Britain will say somebody's fit and it just means they're attractive. So they weren't actually doing like super physical competitions. They were just doing like dopey ones from the gauntlet. Hmm, um, interesting. So I think when the, the a lot of these cast members come on the challenge, they hear that it's physical and they might see like a clip or two, but they don't realize just how physical it is. And then the, once you do a hall brawl, I think you find out pretty quickly. Yeah, like going back and watching all these uh, recent eliminations, uh, specifically talking about my boy Theo here, that it's like you can see who the real athletes are. Like he mm-hmm. came from arguably the softest show from all of them, which is Love Island, which is literally you're just – it's like even softer than the bachelor. Like you're put up in this incredible (laughs) fantasy suite and you just get to hang out and hook up and hope that you have hooked up with enough people that somebody's going to pick you to stick around. But he is like a full on legit athlete. And that's why I really admire him and love him on the show. Uh, and I, you know, praying that he gets to come back despite his, well, just because of what happened on world of worlds one, I want to see him back. Like he was so good. The fact that you can run that final and still be alive is impressive to me. Dude, and didn't he win 200k or 250k from getting second place, which is he more than like 200, yeah, yeah, which is more than like Derek K won over four wins in his yeah. challenge. What's more history. than West went on the duel? And that's that what's like insane. He- is like I'm watching Rivals two today, and they were like, 
if you are a winning pair, you split one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. I'm like, why the hell did these people do this show if that's all you Which, made? Like, you're pocketing like forty five grand of that, maybe after taxes. after taxes, and that doesn't yeah, include probably... the people you split your winnings with that you made deals Eggs. with along yep. the way. Yeah, <laughs> Good that's point. probably Good like point. half of what Wes or Johnny gets paid in appearance fees these days. Well, yeah, well, it's more than that, but yeah. Good times. <laughs> okay. All right. Who's where else are we at with these fours? All right. So I am next up. Uh, I really struggled because there is another elimination that is along these lines, and it's in my honorable mentions. But number four, Leah and Kendall from the Inferno One. It is a terrible elimination if you just take what it is. It's Leah and Kendall taking objects and walking along a balance beam and walking them back and forth for an hour and whoever has done the most wins. But the backstory of Miz and Kendall were hooking up during the season and Kendall volunteered to go in when she probably shouldn't have to make her team happy basically. And Miz is like, no, 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 you got to look out for you. And the whole cast is plastered. They are all in their little villa in Mexico, drinking margaritas, drinking (laughs) Coronas, and they are screaming at each other. Miz is screaming these horrible things at Kendall, and she's just trucking along, and she wins the elimination. And then um, David from the Real World team strips naked, completely buck-ass naked, and starts running through the set while the elimination is going on. Like, this is a whole different era of the challenge. But for the 15 minutes that you get to watch of this elimination, you laugh your ass off at how ridiculous this whole scenario is. And so when we get into that category of does this elimination bring me joy, this elimination is so entertaining because of just the drama surrounding it, whereas the actual elimination kind of sucks. The theatrics of that elimination are absolutely unbelievable because you have like – so Kendall is yelling – no, no, sorry. Miz is yelling at Kendall. CT is yelling at Leah after throwing a mission specifically to get her put mm-hmm. in. Yep. Um, are, isn't Veronica yelling at somebody? To no, that's, the, that's, the, that's one of the eliminations that comes soon after with Katie, Katie. Doyle and – David, where's she? Oh, when she's smoking on the treadmill. Oh, that's right. They're smoking on the treadmill. And- <laughs> it's, easy, it's easy to mix up some of the events that happen in that uh. elimination with some of the ones that happen in – the one that you have ranked but literally david stripping alone is pretty like absolutely out can you imagine like can you imagine if like bear would definitely be the person to do it these days yeah but like if during the ninja laurel elimination bear just like starts streaking in the middle of it (laughs) i could actually see that i could Uh, i have a couple i have a couple funny stories about kendall uh did you guys ever listen to her challenge mania episode yes i listened to uh, yeah i did listen to hers yeah she she tells an incredible story on there about how I think it was even way pre MySpace. She's on some message boards and she thinks that she's talking to CT and they're like vibing and they're flirting and it's like going on for months and months. And then they get they show up in Mexico to the Inferno and she goes up to CT and she's like, hey, like, how you doing, big guy? Like, good to see you again. Like, glad we're finally connecting in person. CT's like, 
what the hell are you talking about? Like, who the fuck are you? I don't know who you are. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay. Like, I guess you're just playing hard to get. Like, we've been talking for months. He's like, no, no, Kendall. I genuinely do not know who the fuck you are. <laughs> she goes home after the season, starts digging through the, the forums, realizes that she's being catfished before catfishing was even a thing by, like, oh, a 12-year-old. Oh, wow. Uh, so brutal. I think that's one of, one of the greatest challenge stories ever. Uh, and then I got, of course, I got a chance to meet her down at Challenge Mania Live Nashville. And oh, sweet! Honestly, the biggest sweetheart. Uh, I asked her a question during the show because that was during the time when everyone thought that Tori Hall was going to be on yep. the Worlds Two or Total Madness or whichever Total one was. It was Total yeah, Madness. Was supposed to be on this season. Because that was the trick they played. Yeah, everyone was going ballistic, and I was, and I asked the question during the show. I was like, so like. What was really the deal there? Like, were you guys pulling our legs? Or and of course they just kind of like hush hush, didn't really want to say anything. But I thought it was a funny moment, and I got to hang out with her at the bar afterwards. Well, she she supposedly was almost casting on War of the Worlds two when it was gonna be like the older versus the new old school format. versus new school. Before huh. Yeah, and they like Kendall or contact Kendall. Uh, Kendall. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think that she would ever come back to the show. She's a full-time nurse and has two little kids. So I, I think I believe that definitely if very Mark right Long's now, OG too. challenge gets off the ground, she'll be on that. Like, I would see her taking two weeks off to go be on the OG thing if it ever happens, which we have had various debates on our show about whether that will actually happen or not. <laughs> yeah, as as have I. Allie thinks it might happen, but I, I, I think it might happen, but there's oh. no way it airs on TV. I don't think it's happening. I think, I think we might be looking at a Patreon show. I think that if it was ever going to happen, the climate we're in now is the perfect storm for it to happen. That is the the the, the pandemic has made a show like this valuable because there's no other original programming. And if you we, can pull that off, yeah. it is valuable. We are on the verge of a content cliff, and it is going to be steep, my friends. Yeah, people don't realize that there are no false shows with new episodes. Like, none. Like, uh, there's The Amazing be- Race, which has been in the can for over for a year. It's been over a year, and they were in the process of filming. They got halfway through their season before the pandemic shut down the one they were filming. And it just, like... There is not going to be a new episode of Law and Order. There's not going to be any CSI or NCIS. You're going to have whatever live sports is allowed to occur, and right. then whatever is already in the can, good or not. Yeah, so this the, just the, basically means I can finally convince my friends to actually rewatch the challenge. Yes, <laughs> the the film I was working on uh, up here was there. The company I was working for was hoping to debut it at uh, ter- to, excuse me Toronto International Film Festival later this year, and now they're mm-hmm. just like. 2022 maybe yep like we'll see maybe jesus which sucks so like if if you can convince a production company to go okay this is going to take two weeks this is how much it's going to cost this is the return you might be able to get i feel like there are enough networks out there that are going to be desperate for new content that they'll be like okay we'll float you five million dollars but i think that's the issue is it's getting them to believe that there will actually be a significant audience to see to watch these people that haven't been on TV in for in some cases over a decade and i think that's that's what a lot of these decision makers that that's the number one question on their mind and of i all the names that if if mark long was smart and i know he is he's a very smart guy if you can hook a bananas or a ct it's going to be on mtv period but that's sort I mean, of not the point of the show though TV. 
Yeah, okay, well, of he all has th- seemed much more amenable in his interviews lately to putting Johnny West and CT on the show. And what my thinking with those three could be is they don't have to be like a focal point. I think we talked a lot about a format, like a cutthroat style format where Johnny West and CT and then you get three prominent females from the show, pair, the, pair those three up and then have them draft teams. I think that's a, a good way to get them involved, to have their name value attached. But then you also don't necessarily have to distract the attention away from them. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is, is like Theo Vaughn said, like, hey, I can't be on the show, but I'll be glad to come out for like a day or two and be like a special guest. And so I feel like there's enough big names that can show up to be like a special guest to host a mission or something that you could leverage the talent there. And so, like, if you're able to get bananas to come out and do a day on the show hosting something, then it becomes a bit more palatable or even have Johnny just host the dang thing like there are ways to well, involve Johnny Mosley is definitely hosting it, or I'm not watching. Oh, <laughs> we can only hope Johnny Rule Police returns. But I uh, feel like this is the only climate this show is possible. If we are in normal life with normal stuff going on, this show never gets off the ground, ever. However, we're in this weird place where it's possible. I don't think it will happen, but it's more possible now than it ever will be. So I'm we're, curious. We're just, like the, okay, go ahead. Uh, j- just curious, quick poll from you guys. Of the names that have been floated out there by Mark Mark Long, who are you mo- would be most excited to see back on TV? Because for I, me, you know what? there's a name that stands head and shoulders above everyone okay, else. Th- there's definitely a Challenge Chronicles like specific selection, but Arissa, definitely. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> What's her original Ross season? Opinion. That, that's that. So she is from uh, Real World Vegas, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, the original Real World Vegas. The original Vegas. And th- this oh is just yes, Marissa Hill. Thing. Yeah, but just the one episode of Battle of the Sexes two, where she is trying to complete the <laughs> obstacle course on top of this truck, is maybe the fo- one of the funniest things ever from the show. <laughs> it really. It sounds is. like an incredibly niche moment for you. Oh my it, god, it, it, it's it's so <laughs> meta. It is the it most is meta so... of meta moments. <laughs> it is so good. It's like unanticipated too. Like I didn't even, I wasn't even like expecting it to happen. Like I, I had no memory of it, and I don't even know if I like thought it was funny the first time I watched it. But watched it this last time around when we watched it for the the podcast. Thought it was hilarious, and we cut came together, and all of us thought it was funny too. It was unbelievably hilarious when she's cursing and just stomping around <laughs> on the top of the obstacle course, and she can't. Well, and she was like Coral is screaming at her. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> it takes her like an hour to finish this obstacle course, and she finally finishes. It's just like wiped out on the ground, dying, and Coral just says to her, "You could have done better, Arissa." <laughs> <laughs> Well, you just mentioned the name that that I would be most psyched to see. She was supposed to be on uh, Dirty Thirty. Jemmy tells the story. She showed up to Dirty Thirty, and the booty shorts are there with Coral's name printed on the back of them. Uh, And she just decided last minute she's done with reality TV. So if I could see Coral one last time, I I have probably DM'd her and tweeted at her 47,000 times trying to get her on my (laughs) podcast. Yes. Hey, if Challenge Mania can't get her, I I sure should. I have. I have. I have two, like two, like selfish ones. One is like the most boring choice ever for a lot of people. I want to see Dan Setzler back because the reason that I watch this show is because of Road Rules Northern Trail. If I had not stumbled across MTV and seen Road Rules Northern Trail, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this podcast. And so I have a huge affinity to see Dan Setzler back for personal reasons, even though he's not terribly entertaining. It will just make me feel good to see him back. 
from an entertainment standpoint, it'll never happen. But I want Steven. Please, dear God. From, Battle also seasons. from Real World Vegas? Uh, that's Seattle. Yeah. No. Seattle. Oh, yeah. Seattle. Real World Seattle. He was so amazingly entertaining on the first battle of the seasons that I want to see that chaos erupt again. Please, dear God, let me see that. That is definitely another niche pick. I don't know. There's a bunch. There's an obvious answer for you, uh, Devin. But that's just like a joke. You know what I mean? Like, I could care less if he actually, like, came on. Oh, I would be pumped to see Chad. Antoine? No, like... I don't know. Like, I think it would be sick to see the Miz, like in that context. You know what I mean? It like, would he's be like, pretty cool to see the Miz. He's like, he's yeah. he's like still on TV, but he's not on the challenge. To like see the Miz on the challenge, like as part of the team, would be really cool. He's they probably cannot afford him. <laughs> he's probably number one. But yeah, I mean, if Chadwick came on, that'd be cool too. There, there's a lot of uh, good people. Even just be. like seeing Landon come back, just because man, like, that'd be such cool. a dynamite competitor. Yeah. just such a dynamite competitor. Okay, Wait, for that's a second, because I actually want the. I really do also want them to compete in events just to see if they still have it. I don't want it to just be like a real world show. Spoiler alert: They don't. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought for a second you were talking about Dan Renzi, who's like no. one of the OG gay cast members, and I think he is fucking hilarious. He I is loved really, that yeah. guy growing up. He He's is funny. Great. He is funny. I am. I I'm talking about Dan Setzer from Road Rules. He was on Real World. Uh, Dan Renzi was Real World Miami. Yeah. He's really funny on Inferno too. He yeah. is really good on Inferno too. Like he was that Inferno two season is so underrated. Like it's so good. Oh right. well, I think that I think we're to Rob's number four now that we've yeah, gone off on eight four. rabbit trails. <laughs> um, I think I, this one will probably be higher on somebody's list, uh, but we're definitely going to end up talking about it. So I have Adam and CT versus Tyler and Johnny from Rivals. Higher on my list. Higher on my list. Get real, brother. Higher on mine. Right. So we can keep moving down we'll the keep line. Moving. My number four is Derek versus Josh. Derek versus Josh, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what did it uh, sound uh, like? Hot, it sounded like Josh. Oh, it said Josh, Josh, and I was like, I heard Josh. One of the most overrated eliminations ever. And I think because social media and because of Scott and Derek, and I love both of them to death. Yes. But they talk about this quite literally every single challenge okay. podcast. That that could be why I still <clears throat> enjoy it because I listen to them like almost never. So for me, and we had talked about this elimination recently, and Rob said that he didn't think it um, held up, and then he kind of qualified that a little bit the other day when we texted back and forth about it again and said that was may have been a, a little bit strong. So that was one of the eliminations that I'd like made sure to go back and watch before we did this. And I thought it was pretty good. I, I, I think, I, I don't remember who makes the point to talk about it on the show or they, they give a confessional. I think it may have been Zach or it may have been someone else. They say that it literally lasts over an hour that they're out there doing that. It was like an hour and a half. Yeah. It's insane. It's I just, totally respect the mercenaries it. thing. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. I think because Derek has no skin in the game, it takes away a lot of the stakes. Yep. Yeah. Like, and it, that is no my biggest thing. That elimination. Yeah. Josh, Josh just goes home and that's it. And everyone's right. like, wow, you took out a good competitor. Thanks, man. Thanks. See ya, like, dude. It's, it's Appreciate thrilling it. physically. I just like for, for me with this absolute top end of eliminations, everything else I'm really considering has some sort of long term effects within that season and some even longer than that. And we haven't even seen Derek on a season since then. And it's not like 
I think Josh is actually like a legitimately amazing physical competitor. If you just think about it, like he, he's always been awesome whenever. He's yeah, been and Derek in Derek competitions. I, I well, yeah. Have you seen his Chippendale show? Those guys are incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for, for me, like if it did have some type of, I, I definitely agree that like it doesn't have much effect on the show. Derek doesn't have any skin in the game. It's the mercenary aspect. If you took away any one of those number or any one of those points or some of those points, this would be like in contention for top one or two. And so I think like despite all of those, that's kind of why I have it ranked where I do. Yeah. No, I it's totally agree. If, if, we're, if we're only talking about within the lines of play, yeah, you have an argument for for greatest uh, elimination ever. Uh, but I have a quick question: What aired most recently? Vendettas or the CT wedding special because I believe Derek was on that. Ooh, so I'm just trying to figure question. out wedding when the last wedding time special, yeah. Derek Kaczynski was on TV. So it, it was that, that was, after. Yeah. Yeah. I think CT wedding special was. After How was that. it was after final reckoning that that aired? How was this gotcha. CT wedding special? Oh, incredible. His it was actually really good. Who were there any uh, like out of nowhere appearances? Derek K. Derek Kidzinski was the like the most like, like out of nowhere because I didn't even know CT and Derek were that good of friends. Yeah, it's I like Derek Wes is West, there. Cara Maria and Leroy and Tony, right? Yep. And Bananas yeah, and, was supposed to be there, but he was off filming something and couldn't get back. Uh, see, I thought he got into a feud with CT's wife. No, 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 well, no. CT's wife was all up in Cara Maria's business, saying yeah. she, like talking shit about her to her face, and Cara's like, "Whoa, what's going on yeah. here?" No, Bananas was supposed to be there, but he was um, he was filming something and could not get back in time. But that was Bananas was invited and he was supposed to be there, but he could not physically get there. By filming something, by filming something, do you mean filming his porno with Hannah Teeter that he intentionally leaked? Uh, no, that was not the uh, the thing in question. He was either doing um, first look or he was still on the challenge. Like, I think it was actually filmed during Final Reckoning. I think it was Final Reckoning, yeah. And so, like, okay. I think he was still on Final Reckoning, but somehow... But that's weird because no, like, that wouldn't work because CT was also on that season. But CT was long gone. I, I, for whatever reason, I think he was filming First Look TV for NBC and could not physically get Wait, back. Wait, who was his partner? Was that when he was with Veronica? Veronica was final. Yeah, yeah was, they I were tried out. Tried to still block that from my memory, but yeah, I, it was. I was going to say he was on Dirty Thirty, and then I don't remember him until War of the Worlds. Um, he's pretty. He's Which, also really good on Dirty Thirty. Do you remember his partner on War of the Worlds? Because I didn't until today. It was uh, Julia, the one of the Big Brother uh, Double twins. Yeah, one of the Nolan twins. Yes, that was such a weird season because it's like you had West Johnny and CT, and Johnny and CT are gone before like episode five. It's just gone. Incredible season. Yeah, see that season could have used a redemption house, which I can't believe I'm actually saying. Oof. I, I think I think you don't need to touch anything with that season, the, but except the only for the, the thing, yes, twist. exactly. The they should have kept stuff. it teams the whole way. Should have kept the teams the whole way. Okay, with that, do you think that Nani would be a challenge champion? Yeah, that's that's a yes. really good. That's one of the biggest unanswerable questions for me of the show is who wins that season if it stays paired. Also, I can I just Turbo say just picks up Nani and they run through the final. I mean, it's fifty Agreed. miles. No, fuck that. Turbo's a monster. I met that guy in person. He's an absolute He's freak. A uh, I, I did want to say this because I did you know, all this extensive research on literally every elimination from War of the Worlds, <laughs> oh World God, Worlds so to Total one. Madness. No, I had a great time. My girlfriend and I had an awesome time. Uh, I did write this down as my very first note. The biggest crime 
of War of the Worlds, and I guess you could include two because he's in it for half of it, is that everyone on both those two seasons were too fucking chicken shit to call out Turbo into an elimination, and we might go on and never see him in an elimination ever because he is likely done with the show. He's likely done, yeah. There's been some rumors he'd still be around, right? What's his issue with the show? I don't think I think this year. Dude, he's like one of the four biggest. He's one of like the four biggest celebrities back in Turkey. He has no reason to ever come back. He won 750k, cashed out, and got the hell out of there. And he won Survivor Turkey, which paid over a million twice. (laughs) Like that, which I believe is voted on by fans, which endeared him and why he is so famous there. Well, what's also crazy too is is like I've actually seen some of the stuff from Survivor Turkey. It's like really physically competitive like it's totally nothing different. it is not like survivor america where every eliminate or every like i don't know what you call it what do you call it uh challenges there challenges. Yeah, we'll call it a challenge they're, they're, well, they call it challenges, but it's also very confusing because we're talking about the challenge yeah, yeah so we'll just say like the the thing that everybody competes in every week they're <laughs> equalized for male and female situations whereas right, survivor also- turkey it's like physical physical stuff they're doing but but also they exclusively cast young hot people on that show survivor one of the reasons i I adore it and think it's so fascinating in terms of a social experiment is they'll cast you know a a 17 you know 18 year old kid uh i forget and a senior citizen (laughs) yeah on on a season and they'll be yeah a a 75 year old woman like and you gotta figure out the social dynamic between them. Survivor Turkey is all 28 to 30 year old, hot young people who are incredibly athletic. So where does Survivor Bulgaria fall on the- (laughs) (laughs) Man, do we want to, that's a whole nother podcast, brother. (laughs) Have you heard us talk about that? Or do you know about that? I don't think so. I might've missed that episode. Um, So uh, there was one day where I was just like going around the internet and I was looking up reality TV show stuff and, I found this thing from Survivor Bulgaria, and it was, it was the wiki page. And you were like, wiki yeah. page. Yeah. You were, yeah. you were like, look at, look at the elimination list, and tell me what jumps out at you. <laughs> you know, this Logan, was a great text Logan, thread, Logan, by the way. Logan, look up Survivor Bulgaria season four, and then look at what happens to a castaway around like the, the six castaway eliminated. Okay, give me a second. Yeah, also, yeah. can you guys explain to me what the fascination is? that everyone loves about survivor Australia. It is like one of the biggest shows down there. I, I don't understand it. Season two or yeah, the se- season two of S- survivor Australia. I started to watch it. It's really long though. I think there's like somewhere between like 26 and 28 episodes. It's good. Like I, I got like four episodes in and then started to do something else. And I may go back to it at some point in time, but it's very good. Oh, Could you compare my God. To like a regular, <laughs> You guys are all- <laughs> you just found the sixth person eliminated, didn't you? Well, I was just looking at the the top line on Wikipedia and the first line of the second paragraph for the first time in any survivor franchise, a, co- a contestant died. Yes, Nancho suffered a fatal heart attack during filming. Yes, good Lord. And here's what's even crazier, dude. Halfway through the season, the host just goes, fuck it and quits. Like he's just like, I'm out. Can I? Can, is there anyone to stream this? Like, am I a, a masochist no, so, for wanting to? Like, we found we found it. We right? found a I, really wonky stream, but it's I all fa- in Bulgarian. Yeah, that was the issue. I found the stream. It it actually took like quite a bit of time to be able to hunt it down, 
found the stream and I've been thinking about going on like Fiverr and trying to find someone that speaks Bulgaria and can also do video editing to get some subtitles on this so we can watch it. You guys because just like it's a, it's that, a every last film. one of you. It's a horror film, even in Bulgarian. <laughs> it's frightening. The episode is absolutely frightening. We didn't understand a word of the episode and it is disturbing to watch. <laughs> like he dies on camera, like during no. the no, challenge or something? Like this, like, kind of. They kind, kind of. of they show him like kind of walk off to the side. They don't show it actually happening. But like he just walks off about... to the side, and then it's just like, oh yeah, he died. Podcast taking a dark turn. It's like somehow they just picked up a shovel and pushed him to the side, and we're like on with the game. Like it was bizarre. It's so bizarre. Okay, are we ready to jump to our number threes? Yeah, let's go there, Logan. Number Jesus three. Well, uh, <laughs> Welcome yeah, to the Challenge Chronicles. Kevin, <laughs> did we do your number four? It was Derek versus Joss. Yeah, that's, that's where right, we that's get. Right. Yeah, yeah. I thought I knew you guys before this podcast, but this is <laughs> been, this is Man, we, so... how, the amount of pornography and death is happening. <laughs> reached a very high level. This is why uh, our show is so bizarre. Is this very reason? <laughs> More respect, honestly. Uh, number three is for me Ninja versus Laurel. So if you guys have it higher, I can hold out. I actually have a number three on my list as well. I have it higher. Right, okay, we'll let's let's back. wait till next round. You guys jump to to your next number three. Chase, right. you had it at four. Is that what you I had? I had it at four. Okay. No, I had it at five. Five. It was five. So my number three, and this might be higher for other people, CJ and Jasmine, Zach and Sam, Battle of the Seasons. And it's not only for the CJ Zach aspect of the elimination. Yeah, it didn't make my list, but th- this one's very good. It is I very mean, good. I rewatched it yesterday. And I had forgotten how good the CJ Zach portion. I mean, obviously, Jasmine being as small as she was, Sam, even though she's not super athletic, her size won her that piece of it. So it's Hall Brawl and CJ smokes Zach and beats him two to nothing. So it becomes a situation where it's a tiebreaker. TJ flips the coin and it comes up. The guys now have to do another two out of three. And then Zach figures out that because CJ was going so low that the way to beat him was to leapfrog him. And like the violent collisions that the, these two dudes have is just unbelievable. And it's by far, in my opinion, the most like it's not like the build up to this elimination is non-existent. The animosity between the two teams is also non-existent. But just the straight-up competitiveness between CJ and Jack and Zach is so good that it's it made my top three for that reason. It's so what are the chances good. that's a red coin? Zero. Because oh, earlier in the season it was flipped and it brought us a really bad tiebreaker. So isn't it crazy that they did that for six rounds? I well, they did it five. They five, did five eight. rounds. Five rounds. Five is still so pretty nuts. I mean, it was. The first two rounds where CJ beat Zach were so violent from a collision aspect. And CJ just kept burrowing his way under Zach and then used his speed to hit it. And then Zach in the next go round was like, I got to have a different strategy. And when he leapfrogged CJ, he was so fast to that bell. It was ridiculous. I mean, it was. I just watched that actually before we came on. Yeah. When I did my. 
when I did my crash course in our 30 seconds during recording, I came, I stumbled upon my good friend, Alan Aguirre's list. He's got top 11, most entertaining eliminations challenge history. So I'm watching the video right now. Okay. You guys have to listen to this absolutely scathing review that my boy Alan wrote. Oh no. What sometimes gets forgotten in the Zach and CJ elimination is that CJ was also a college football player. Yes, he was a punter. He played football for a lot of his life, and athletically, he's probably not far off from Zach when you include skill, balance, and timing. In this game, CJ remembers his tackling drills and automatically takes out the big guy's legs. Here it is. It makes sense why Zach was a wide receiver instead of a tight end. His blocking skills are atrocious! It's not great for Zach in this one at the beginning. I think that's honestly kind of my – it's just kind of anticlimactic because Zach and CJ are such the main event here. And then Zach – I mean, Zach loses two to three in the five rounds we see between the two of them. So then you have the Sam Jasmine part sprinkled in, and Sam just has so much size on Jasmine. It's kind of unfair. Um, so I think that's really the part that dragged this one down for me. It is a very entertaining elimination. Though. Yep. And so, like, from the most, like, physically entertaining, that was it. Because there's no drama on either end of it. But The cast is rooting pretty hard for Cancun in that one. Th- which they, well, San Diego were pieces of shit in that season, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> after that rewatch, I don't know how anybody could be a fan of any of them just based on that one season. They were all horrible people. Even Ashley, who's playing, like, the nice girl, was just... She's just co-signing all the horrible things yeah. that they're doing to everyone And it's else. just like, Frank is insufferable. Like, the fact that Frank was such a good dude on Rivals 2 and Free Agents, it's like it's a different person. I because know. I, on I, Seasons, I, he is abysmal as a person. I absolutely adore Frank. I think mm-hmm. he is reality TV gold. I interviewed him. I think he might have been my second cast interview ever. Uh, Zach, revisionist history has shown us that this dude is arguably – the scummiest piece of garbage in the history of the challenge. Like it's, what he has not done been great for him lately. What he has done with Jenna has forced us to reevaluate everything that he's, you know, has been put on the record and starting with his days with his incredible inflaming homophobia on real world San Diego too. It's just like, fuck everything about this guy. And, I mean, yeah, what what him and Frank do to Sam on the final for uh, Battle of the Seasons is pretty tough to watch. Yeah. I mean, Zach, certified, bona fide, 1,000% piece of shit. Yep. At least that's what we've seen on TV. Like, I have to also give all of these cast members a caveat in that we're only seeing a snippet of their life. But from what we see on TV of him, other than World of Worlds 2 zach's well, not really a, he but yeah. he's well, not I think a that good guy on these what, other what seasons the editors can do like they can like they can make somebody look good if they want to. they can just not air that content exactly and so like zach might be a decent dude in real life but the way he is on this show he's logan's absolutely right like after re-watching battle of the seasons i'm like dude this guy was a dick back then like good <laughs> lord like this is horrible what he's doing and then like the way that he treated, I mean, whether whatever happened with he and Johnny off the, off the show is one thing, but, like, they were, like, all buddy-buddy on seasons. And then, like, on Rivals 2, you find out, like, Zach just ghosted her out of nowhere, and here they are on the show again, and you're just like, oh, shit. So right. if, if we're talking about stuff that happens off the show, yes, Puck being 
put in jail for a domestic Spousal abuse, abuse probably times. worse. Sean, Def- Sean Duffy, you know, co-signing everything that Donald Trump does and, you know, uh, uh, allegedly um, assisting in the downfall of Western democracy, probably worse than Zach. But Zach, in terms of what we've seen on screen, terrible piece of piece of shit. And I just saw the final round. What he does to CJ is actually shockingly impressive. Yeah. So like all, all the other stuff aside, I cannot take away that this is an amazing moment in the history of the show. It is by far to me, when you talk about hall brawl, this is the one that I point to. If like, if you have never seen a challenge elimination, it's like, go watch that and tell me what you think. And so we that's just, why we it's just my cannot top three. keep it rosy this episode, can we? No, I, I, I between the alcohol and the honesty, I think we're there. <laughs> you guys know when you bring me on that I <laughs> first of all, I'm gonna get drunk. I'm like three tall glasses of whiskey in, and it is going to get spicy. Oh, okay. So who's number? Well, so my number three was also Ninja Laurel. Okay. Um, and so Devin, I think we're on to you now for number three. My number three, depending on how you wanna frame it is ct versus johnny or johnny versus tyler however you want to say oh the cutthroat elimination i've got that slightly higher so maybe we hold off all right we can wait i'll i'll have my opinions on that when we get to it all right Logan, back back to me for number two uh number two oh god you guys are gonna have to remind me of the season because i just pulled this one out of my ass rivals one i've got adam and ct Versus Johnny and Tyler in I don't even know the name of this. It's elimination. called a T-bone. T-bone. Yeah. Okay. Where, where they've got the the cross platform going on and you have to bring the balls to the other side and CT is literally dragging Adam as he allegedly, according to a lot of people on the internet, has thrown this elimination and is not willing to uh, climb up the hill and let Johnny and Tyler get their win as they go on to the final and, and win that. Uh, but I think in terms of what we talked about at the top, does this bring me joy? Yeah. I think maybe even more so than bananas for CT, but this one, Oh man, I, I absolutely love everything about it. You've got CT going full choo choo train. The man has never been more hyped because CT and bananas on cutthroat, he was the first mercenary ever brought into the show, yeah. Tina, on that cutthroat season. This was CT with full stakes in the game. I think if him and Adam are in that final, they dominate as much as Johnny and Tyler did. Uh, I, I adore this one. I adore this season. This was the last elimination before the final. I, I could gush about this one for hours. I could do an entire podcast on this season and this elim- elimination itself. I think this is... They, they've done it, what, maybe once or twice since then? Um, I feel never, like honestly, with, not they never did the exact never, copy. Yeah, they did. But there was one with it, girls. It, and I, I, yeah, Rivals I 2, was they one. kind of did it, but not. Oh, it was closest, not as entertaining. The closest analog is on free agents in that mission they do. That's the closest they come to doing it. Okay, yes, good call. But my point is that CT sees what they're about to do, and everyone else is terrified and CT is he like is so hyped in the get the off the effing tracks because the train is coming through and he does the uh, the choo choo. I adore this elimination. It is, is it is also my level? number two. So this is my I, number two as well. I am weighing oh, in wow, here okay. because 
I am with you 100%, Logan. I just rewatched it three days ago with the whole rival season when I was binging because I had nothing else to do nice. being off work. And it solidified that, A, Rivals 1 is my favorite season of the show. Like, it just so good from start to finish because of the political, the relationship. Like, Rivals 2 is good as I'm rewatching it now. But there's a lot of teams on there that are not that animosity driven. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was a little bit of a slap together feel to a few of those teams. Rivals 1. There were people that legitimately hated each other that were paired up. And when they were pit, when they were announcing the teams, watching people's faces of like who they were being paired up with, they were pissed. Like Rivals really 2 was the first off. season ever that the challenge acknowledged Twitter. Yes. Everyone is like, <laughs> okay, how are Johnny and Frank rivals? Twitter. And yeah, and, and TJ's like, apparently. Frank has been popping off on Twitter after his Battle of the Seasons win, saying all the old vets are out, which is hilarious to think yeah, of Johnny really as an old vet on Rivals 2. Well, uh, yeah, it's funny because, like, Paul also has a quote that season when he's doing that mission where they run up and down the ramps and put the balls in there. He's getting he's old. Like, Man, Papa's really getting old. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, 13 seasons later, he's still going to be on. He's so. still he's going to win the current season, so he's not that old, apparently. Love but him. to, to yeah. talk about this particular elimination what i loved was so much of it like ct was foaming at the mouth in the lead up to it like watching him go i finally get to put my hands on people i've been waiting all season put my hands on people and then when he sees that adam's lagging behind and he screwed up the first ball ct's like i gotta do something and when he's like the choo-choo the train's coming through when he hit johnny and tyler i felt that hit like it looked brutal. Yeah, bone and, rattling, dude. I mean, just brutal. And Adam allegedly threw it, which I completely right. believe he did. I believe it one hundred percent. Let's get into this. Let's get. And I were arguing about this. Into this. Well, we we didn't we didn't let it get to that point. We were saving it for now. So, I guess I have two points to make about this. So this is my number two as well. I, I guess I have a few points. This is my number two. This is the one that I have the most notes on and i guess one does it even if you know that he throws it does it really like change the effect of it yes. no no it does it does i think so, one thousand percent because he is screwing up with the balls so well the thing is so hold on hold on let me finish it let me finish it every single person in this challenge except for ct falls to the ground and stumbles so if you watch it back again tyler is struggling to like climb up the like the like ramp himself and like barely puts it in before and he adam, also screws right? up the balls like tyler did the same thing adam yeah. did so true every, true everything that adam does someone else does and when it comes to falling everyone did it except for ct so two i found zero information that actually proves that like definitive statements from someone on the show or related to the show that says Adam throws it. And then three. Okay. But have you audited Tyler and Johnny's bank account? Because that's, that's <laughs> what you get the definitive proof. <laughs> Adam actually have to throw it. Well, he cuts a deal with Tyler and Johnny to get Why a cut of the money in the final. He basically, the, the, the alleged. He doesn't want to win CT money. He doesn't want to win CT Bullshit. money is what it boiled down. He would much down. rather give himself a chance to win money. I don't well, buy that. that I understand from a self-interested perspective that's how we view things, Devin. But that, that's not always how these animosity-driven narratives between the cast end up. When it comes to money, 
All right, yeah. all right. I, this is Trace yeah. going into full dick mode, okay, all right? Well, I am about to be the biggest dick on the planet right now. So save your points in the podcast here for a second. I believe having rewatched Adam King in so many seasons recently, like I just watched Gauntlet 3 for our show, just watched Rivals. Adam King was so desperate to be in the cool kids club with Evan, Kenny, and Johnny that he would have literally done anything those three dudes said. And Rachel. Or not Rachel. What's her name? Uh, who's the girl he was trying to hook up with? Jen. Oh, no, no, no. Jen. Jen. Jen with two N's, yes. Yeah, Jen with um, two N's. And I truly believe that just Johnny and Kenny going to Adam, he they could have convinced him to throw it and then him later regret throwing it because – I just like watching Adam King. He was so desperate to be in that cool kids club that he would have done anything to be in it. And that is just me watching him on television. And that is also me hearing the original Derek podcast where Evan, Kenny and Johnny were talking about going to the Playboy Mansion. And then they came back to the hotel and they yes, ordered like thirty five hundred dollars worth of room service. And Adam King's stepdad is Lionel Richie, who is filthy rich. Oh. And no, so, no like, it's his dad was in the Commodore. Yeah, we looked into this. His dad was in the Commodore. Probably I'm Godfather. Sorry. You probably mean I would not be surprised if Lionel Richie is his Godfather. I think, I yeah, think that's, that's, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. So like he was in the Commodores, which toured with Lionel Richie. So the the kid came for money, and so like him needing to win the challenge for money is this pretty is, low on the totem pole. I this think. is well. See, this I is all really loose. Is. He can get a cut of all, each of those four guys' money who makes the final, and have it be relatively equivalent to if he had won. Yes, this is all the, really loose. But he has an incredible chance to win if he makes it there. Like he's he does. the strongest there, team. There has been a lot of like CT has made illusion uh, saying he thinks that Adam no, threw it. No, so I um, looked at this before we got on. So if you find that, please point it to me because I it, it was I, in an interview he did with Barstool. So I, no I took the time to like make sure to track this down, and I could not find any firsthand like like communication by anyone on the cast or associated with the cast that says that they think Adam threw it. There's even people even point to an interview with CT, I think at the reunion or at some other point, where he says that he does not think Adam threw it. Okay, on the reunion, he says he, he d- doesn't think he threw it, and Johnny makes a face behind him, clearly alluding that he did throw it. Yeah. And we know Johnny has also cut deals. Mark Long. Like, for example, with Mark, Mark Long, Battle of the Exes is probably the most notable one. I mean, true, Mark was true. explicitly talking about that on Twitter the other day. And Johnny doesn't make any public acknowledgement of that or anything else because he's still on the show, probably, and just doesn't want that out there. Yep. But let me what? just say this as someone who was relentlessly bullied in high school. I know I seem super cool these days, but I was a loser in high school. If you watch real world Paris and see what CT did to Adam relentlessly nonstop every yep. fucking day of the week, bullied yep. him nonstop, beat the shit out of him, degraded him yep. and just did everything he could to make his real world experience as miserable as possible. That is not something that can be resolved in one season or, you know, and here's when, the with, thing. when they're well, drunk at the bar and he's like, yo, are we friends now? Are we friends now? I'm going to bully you into being my friend. Like, I do not doubt. Sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> All good. We are used to dog interruptions. We are used to mine and Devin's dog I, being a distraction. I do not doubt at all that Adam is like, I would rather lose money myself than have C- than be a part of a team that wins CT money yeah. because fuck that guy. Yeah, and, and it's not even just too. the real world Paris stuff. I mean, they have Gauntlet so 3. many interactions after that. Yeah, Gauntlet 3 and Duel 2, obviously. Yeah, Duel 2, obviously, yeah. 
So why wouldn't he have done that week one then? Because he wanted to make it as he, far as possible to get apart. TV so like, time. Th- this that is, is a thing. good counter. Well, that's a great you, counterpoint. You could, you could come. You could come to me and like, like with evidence of someone on the cast or with direct knowledge of what happened, and say this person said that he definitively threw it, and I would take that in, and that that would change my opinion significantly, my orders of magnitude. But my issue is that there's no like communication by anyone that that actually happened. I can see them waiting just because at that point they can actually like explicitly cut a deal with him and you get some portion of the winnings off of that. Yep. And then at that point it's also just it's basically just him and then Kenny and Johnny and Tyler left in the house. So they can badger him constantly about it and say, Hey, do you really want to win that guy any money? Yep. Versus in the beginning when it's but, a little bit more open and Johnny and he and CT actually aren't thrown in until I think it's the third how much guy's money? elimination that are thrown in against Evan money? and Nehemiah. And that was because Evan obviously threw that too because yeah. he had to go back to his Cornell thing that he had to do. So Evan was going to quit at some point regardless. Oh, was that a thing? I had never heard that. Actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? You didn't yeah, know this? So yeah. in. Evan was never going to do rivals, but he did it as a favor to Kenny and Johnny to help their political piece mm, because he was about to start a business program at Cornell, was it? Who was who was his rival again on that? It was Nehemiah. Nehemiah. And Nehemiah's in like legit good shape. Le- Nehemiah should have been back after that because that dude was in. I jack. would like to see him again. Uh, I was actually in discussions with interviewing him when, of course, D was staying at his house during this whole oh, wow. Kansas City quarantine thing. And then everything happened. And I was like, eh, maybe let's pump the brakes on that. But he seems like a super cool dude. And he is down to come back to the challenge, too. Yeah, he, I, I mean, rewatching him on competitively. He is. I mean, he is a champion. Like people forget that he won Gauntlet three. Like well, he I mean, legitimately won Gauntlet three. Well, and he's a part of the, the greatest real world season ever. It really so is the best real world season it ever. Sh- it doesn't make sense why they would make a deal with him to throw the challenge when they could just make a deal between the three of them and say that they'll split the money if one of them wins in the event. You know what I mean? It's $100,000. You're like within spitting distance of $100,000. I don't think he's going to like, like, like thumb his nose at that. That That's, that's, that's part of the issue. That, um, no, see, that I, I disagree with but like that. Like I said, CT is not going to uh, like put his weight in on that deal. He doesn't have and to. He doesn't I, have I, to. But but David, if the, you can get Tyler or even I don't I, has West had reports of him splitting with anybody? Not that I'm aware of. I I almost assume at this point that anybody who's done more than like eight seasons of the show is like involved in these money cutting deals because they seem to be a factor like every season. Um, but like I'm just saying, like I, their partners would be more willing to like put their eggs in the basket and split the money a little bit more. So then at that point, I think it, it's, Adam makes that a little bit better there. I don't think it matters, though. Like, he can just put up his share of the winnings, and they can figure out some way to, like, make it equitable between everyone involved. Like, I don't I, – I just need All to right. see, like, some – I need some hard information here. That's what I need. Yeah, and that's fair. And so to put a bow on this, though, even with whatever you think of whether he threw it or didn't throw it, the thing that kills me and makes me love this elimination is, A, just the, the what happens in it. But yep. the, the pre-piece of the it with CT is, is incredible. And even the post-piece of yep. it where Johnny and Tyler win, it was like they won the Super Bowl the way the cast reacted. Yeah. So, like, I I have to make a point to talk about it. The piano music at the end when mm-hmm. they finally win is absolutely incredible. Like, this is, like, one of the, like, all-time greatest, like, TV moments for yep. me. 
they come together, they rejoice. Even better, where CT is like saying, screaming choo choo as he's putting his helmet on, and there's the the amazing dramatic music in the background. There is this is also another one though that suffers from the awful like commercial cut right at the end of the elimination, which I I can't stand. Tyler looks delirious when they win and he takes his helmet off and Paula runs over and congratulates him. This is something that we have to touch on. This was another one of the eliminations where the entire house was invested in who won this. Mm -hmm. Pretty much everyone involved wanted Johnny and Tyler to win. And so when they actually do win, everyone comes up running over, cheering them on. The only people that aren't on the side of Johnny and Tyler at this point is Carp and and Oral. Because yeah, well, of course, uh, relationship Michael with and CT seem relatively apathetic. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. But yeah, so after the challenge ends, they play the piano music. Tyler looks delirious. They flash over to Johnny, and he slams the ball into the ground. He's like, "Boom, motherfucker!" And like everyone, <laughs> <laughs> everyone comes together, rejoices, and it, it's it's yeah. a good ending to the show. And it's even funny, then, it's funny to see Wes hugging Johnny at the end of that one too. No kidding. <laughs> I think the other thing, too, that just really makes me love this elimination is the fact that from the CT, like looking at the whole depth of CT's challenge career, it was like a different CT was there at the end of the elimination because the previous CT might have tried to fight Adam, like just been pissed off. And the fact that he was like the dude gave it all he had. And he's like, you're going to be my friend now. And he was able to laugh as they walked off the stage. It was like, we have a new character arc. And we we have closed the circle on CT part one of reality TV. And we are entering a new era of CT on the challenge. And just That's from really a character arc standpoint. I'm oh, sorry. From a character arc standpoint, it is a turning point in the show. And so to me, you cannot talk about best eliminations without including this in it for all the things we've talked about, plus that. And see, that actually speaks to why I think that CT, I think we talked about this extensively on our last three-hour podcast where I said CT was the greatest challenger ever. And it, it speaks to his his character development where he goes from, yeah, relentless bully on real world Paris to asshole who loves to fight. And then he hooks up with DM and we see a little softer side. And then this stuff with Adam happens, uh, you know, the, the fight there. And then this moment, this precipice, this kind of Zenith moment where he's like, you know, actually, even though we didn't win, we gave it our best and I really respect you. And then he becomes, you know, probably the most beloved challenger ever versus like, yeah, Johnny's, won the most and he's been on the most seasons, but he went from piece of shit to slightly less of a piece of shit. And it's like CT is the, this is the reason that the format for the challenge exists where we can see this total uh, growth and character development over when did his original season air 2003, 2004. Is he one? He he was o one or o two for Paris. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah. So we've seen from o one where he was probably twenty something to he early twenties. He was literally twenty when he did the Real World Paris. Right to now twenty twenty where he is forty one, and and we've seen this total character arc, and that is the heart of the challenge. That is what I find most fascinating about this show and that they keep casting a lot of the same core people and we've got to see them grow over this 19, 20 year span. So I'm the only person who did not have this at number two, right? 
Yep, go for it. What you got? Okay, th- this is definitely going to be where we get some people mad at me. Um, but so I had Georgia and Hunter beating Chase and Smashy from World of the Worlds 1. In a- <laughs> <laughs> Yo, how do I hang up on this call real quick? Can yeah. you guys tell me? <laughs> I think, I, dude, I there was a stretch, um, like, I guess kind of right after this aired. Where One I guy that's on like literally on the show for 20 minutes. <laughs> Chase, uh, you just put Chase in your top two. Well, he he is a accessory to this elimination, but there is a legitimate stretch of like three straight weeks where I would say I would run on the treadmill, and this would play be playing in the background for like eighty percent of the time. I would run on the treadmill every morning. I think this is an incredibly well set up elimination. You have the Maryland Mansion of Sweet Dreams playing in the background as the cast walks in and they see the elimination on for this season. This is also coming off of Final Reckoning, which. We can mm-hmm. all agree that most of the majority of those eliminations were relatively subpar. And then you have Hunter. That that episode, I think, is one of the better, like, one-episode story arcs for a character and Hunter on that episode. And they kind of do a bait-and-switch where they make it seem like he's going to call out Leroy. And then all of a sudden, he calls out Smashly, and you realize he's calling out the person who took $500,000 from him just, like, the season right prior and it's it's also a very good elimination, but I think just the way it's set up and the cast commentary around it is absolutely incredible. Dude, you're talking about Chase McNary, who used to date Tommy Laren. Oh, I, I, I didn't even know that, but that, that I is cannot a, co-sign this whatsoever. Third, he he is a an accessory. He is barely involved. He just gets his head smashed in by Hunter, so that, that makes it even better. I, I'm. It's a blowout, isn't it? No, it's not a blowout. Uh, well, so they all, they removed two of the rounds in that one, but Smashly wins the first round. You also have the great commentary from Wes saying that even though Smashly is mean and nasty and steals money, she's still one of the best challengers ever as she stiff-arms Georgia and throws the ball in the hole. I, I think it's incredible. I, I think it's amazing yeah, like, TV. I think it's it's a good elimination. I don't think it, like... Is is in the realm of some of the other ones that we've talked about recently. In terms of adrenaline pumping and getting like me ready to like, like if I was about to, this would never happen for various obvious reasons. But if I was like an outside linebacker in the NFL, this is what I would be listening to like while the offense was on the field. The you're talking about you're talking about Chase McNary, who appeared alongside is, Taylor Selfridge, Corey Warden, accessory. and Angela Babbage. On X on the Beach season one, this, I am he is an extreme accessory. He is barely involved. He all the only thing he does is he does the weird thing with his legs, like leading up to the elimination, and then gets like destroyed by Hunter in their rounds. Rob, I couldn't is, even tell you who Ashley's partner was during this, even though you just said it. I am I am stunned. Rob, it, this is, is it, wait, did it wait, wait where did it place on your top six for the past three seasons, Logan? Uh, did not place. That is, I, that I literally. Is Opinion. Of all the of all the eliminations, this was like one of three that I skipped. Rob, this oh, is this, on, this is on the this is on the level of your take that Jenny is not that great. That, that was not <laughs> even my opinion. That was not That's my what, opinion. That is completely your opinion. What are you oh, talking well, about? The, wait, well, see, that <laughs> is doing a lot of work in that statement. That was a <laughs> no, Rob, on the level no. of Laurel, <laughs> Emily, and Evelyn, which I no, thought was no, 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 that's not what you said. You said that she is not that great in general. Everyone listening right now, go back and listen to it. Go back and listen <laughs> to our being wildly out of context. This is not my position. I think the, the I third. I put my like, money not... where my mouth is, and you, you do not, which is clearly exemplified by that. 
I'm on the Jenny bandwagon. You hate Jenny. That's exactly that, that, that is not that is not my opinion. <laughs> Any fair-minded listener will take side with Logan, this Logan, argument. Here, Logan's going to be the arbiter of this. <laughs> Who do you think is better, Jenny or uh, Ashley? Uh, in terms of all-time greats on the challenge, it's Ashley. There's not even a question. Here, here we go. That's, no, that's no, no, what no. I like to hear. Who, who is going to? If you had to bet on someone to win the next season, who would you bet on? There's a that, that's a loaded question because yeah, a lot of Ashley's format, game for me. a lot of Ashley's game is dependent on the cast that's around her but if we're just talking objectively who is like the more athletic it's obviously Jenny well, but I still have yet to see Jenny ever complete a puzzle uh, she needs to complete the one at the beginning of this season but I think again it's format dependent like I think this format uh, is goes against Ashley's strength. She's not good at eliminations. For her to have to go into elimination, and also this cast is pretty stilted against her. She does not have many people she had to work with previously at all on this cast. Like um, who does so she I work well with at this an point? Open question. I think it's an open question between the two, dependent on the format, who would be better. Also, at the point that we were talking about this, this was prior to Jenny beating D in elimination and winning yeah, the final. This was like five weeks ago you guys were still like doubting her for some reason i don't because you hadn't seen enough from her it doesn't matter it's very i, 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 I have someone who waits she's like physically to dominant over come to me she, she hadn't been that physically dominated she the only thing we'd seen from her is being trust by tori it doesn't matter rob like before before <laughs> well, Devin, if it doesn't matter then why isn't she performing rob, so like like at, <laughs> at what point in time like does evelyn become evelyn you still know she's evelyn well, but Jenny, we had seen her in a physical animation, and she got trucked. Yeah, and it didn't make sense. We all agreed on that. Well, I, I, I am sorry. I'm going to wait for the the evidence to come to me, and <laughs> I, before I make a judgment. Wait, okay. can I just say that the final word on you having Chase McNary in your second greatest <laughs> he, elimination he of all time? Like, just wait for it. Wait, just wait for it. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. Is, Thank you, Stephen A. I could, have, I could not have said that better. It, it, it does not. Like, I, I think it's an incredible elimination from a production perspective. This is a Michael Irvin is screaming I after think... the Cowboys beat the Saints moment. Like, just oh, fucking on. bizarre. <laughs> and go, go how much bump of cocaine did you do you before he made this? 700 pounds above your head. <laughs> Good Lord. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, you know what's sad, Rob, is I don't even remember. Like a very important part of that season, and if they lose, that it's a very different season. I just don't even remember this happening. Like that's what's <laughs> I, killing I me. This, I think this is, is like I don't even remember this. Like that's what's go killing watch me. it after we're done and tell me if more people don't come to see my side of the story. Chase McNary is a very, very much an accessory to everything going on here. He's barely involved. Legitimately, the only thing he does is just get destroyed by Hunter. And hook up with Nani. Hey, watch out for that. That's not hard to do on the challenge. So, <laughs> oh, that... just ask Melissa. <laughs> um, oh, by oh, the way, God. you're a you're a 49ers guy, right? Uh, die hard since 1989. Big, my big, big time shout out to your guy Vernon Davis. He did an incredible he job. Did. that reunion. Oh under man, circumstances. I, I, Allie and I just talked about this today. We released a pod, and I asked her. I was like, "What did you think of uh, Super Bowl champion? Cough, cough, cough. Because he's not really. He was like fourth string tight end on the Broncos when they won. I was like, "What did you think of Vernon? And we both agreed. We were like, given the circumstances, thought he did actually a fairly incredible job. I, I thought he shocked. did an incredible job. Like, especially compared to Nick Young last season and, like, the absolute <laughs> The guy that basically fell track. asleep during the When he was baked out of his gourd? Yeah. He didn't uh, even – I don't even think he could name three people on the show. 
Uh, I would say he was better than Nick Young, better than Dolph Ziggler. No, oh, Dolph, Dolph Ziggler was not that Dolph bad. Dolph was okay. Nick, Nick what? Young was, wait, Dolph was Dolph fine, but he clearly had never watched the challenge. Vernon Are Davis, sure? self-professed challenge super fan. No, no Dolph actually better. is a huge challenge fan, believe it or not. No, he Vernon and The Miz in WWE, like, ride together when they're touring and stuff. Really? Do they talk and, about like, that on – what's their, like, uh, show where they're, they're driving ride along, in the car? Ride, ride along. along. Yeah, yeah. And Do so, they talk like, about they that They made a moment. They actually had, like, a two – they didn't name the challenge by name, but oh, they basically said – like Dolph was like, I remember you from reality TV and blah 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 blah, and it, you yeah, know. No way. But like Dolph is actually a huge. Apparently, there's a lot of WWE people that are huge challenge Makes fans because of the Miz. So, anyway, but yeah, beside the point. Like I, I respect your your choice here, Rob. Even though I don't understand it, because this whole stuff is very subjective, but. I said it. I'm honest. I don't even remember this. Dude, like, there is legitimately, nothing. there's like not a television moment that gets my adrenaline pumping like this one. Like, like if I'm working out and this is playing in the background, I can lift like 20 more pounds. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I don't know you that can we can number ones, please. Yeah, let's just go to number one. Right, I don't go. think we can go any further. Logan, number one. Well, do we want to do some honorable mentions or dishonorable mentions? Okay, or yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's that's do not that. a bad idea. Let's do that. Okay, I have I have two honorable mentions that I feel need to be spoken. Number one, in terms of women, Susie versus Kim on the yep. ruins. One of the okay, all-time very greatest. One. Very good one. Susie, an incredible competitor. Love everything about her. I was a diehard Brain Candy fan for a while, and eh, kind of fallen off the wagon there. But this elimination, so good. <laughs> they, one of the f- first times I can remember that they artificially pump in some rain, rain. to make it more dramatic. Yep. Kim, not a great challenger, but puts up an absolutely incredible fight here. Susie refuses to lose. Love this one. She goes on to all the boys on the road. It, it's, it's almost hard to watch, too, because that rope, you cannot imagine that feels good going against Kimberly's neck as Susie's like Ooh. throwing it around her head. <laughs> Yes, she she gets like a, a good chokehold out of that one. So and that's yeah. another underrated one too is the Johnny Dunbar side of that elimination. Like it's not terrible. Eh. Uh, no comment. Anyways, yeah, I, it's not, not saying, great, yeah. but it's. I'm also <laughs> okay, telling yeah, you, it's yeah, not I'm, as I'm terrible. Back for bringing up Chase McNary and his eight seconds he's involved in, in, in the Hunter <laughs> Chase match yeah. elimination. Uh, yeah. right, what else? My other, you know, I, I didn't have that long to come up with this list. My other ones were like Derek and Josh, Derek versus Wes, and obviously Jordan versus Bananas. All have been mentioned. One that I had my number two from the recent trilogy, which, of course, I thought we were doing here. Uh, there is so much hype around this moment that it almost actually exceeds the elimination itself. A rookie, a, a total underdog rookie takes down arguably the fucking goat of the challenge. Of course, I'm talking about Total Madness this season. My boy, Jay Starrett from Millennials vs. Gen X takes down CT in the most dramatic of fashion. CT volunteers himself because he and everyone else, every other guy on the show, want to see Jay in elimination because they know it's a layup to get themselves a red skull. Everyone is just clowning on Jay the entire time, thinking his strategy is trash. CT breaks out the ropes. He's wrapping it around the entire little mini bunker there. And Jay, out of nowhere, rips open the gate, goes, smashes the button, stomps out of the bunker with his chest as puffed as he's ever had it in his life. And I just think that in terms of 
yeah, what we were talking about, the Marie Kondo factor, the how much joy does this moment bring you in life? And I love Survivor. I love that he is the first American Survivor to cross over. And I think this elimination deserves an honorable mention on this list. Did you guys even have this one in consideration? Um, I, it's not, I wouldn't even really have it in my top two for that season. It is a very good elimination, though. I think especially just the cast reactions as Jay is opening up his door. Exactly. Like, yep. nobody, it seems like nobody's even looking at his side of the elimination. Everybody's looking at CT, and they hear the door open and turn, and CJ walking in about to hit the button. Um, I actually think my favorite from Total Menace was Jenna versus Tori. Or that Jenny, was up there, too. That was yeah, really Jenna good. Tori and the, um, I forget what they it's called, called it. It's called Dust like to Dust. Yeah, just that one's just another one where the cast reactions, I think, are so good at engrossing you in the elimination. And even though I feel like we have a relatively good gauge compared to other eliminations of that type of what's going on, and it seems like it's razor thin the entire time. So that's a very good one. Um, and then my other honorable mention, I think that was super close for me, was I mentioned earlier Brad versus Abram from Inferno 2. That's the first time they do balls in. I actually think that's really the first great physical elimination. Other people would say um, Miz versus Abram. But we're all on the standpoint that that's not as good as that. That's one, not as good as Brad Abe. And it's on, it's actually on my honorable mention list and almost made the top six because of the historical impact. Did someone say Brad Landon yet? That is no. actually on my honorable mentions list as well. I wanted to talk about that one. Go ahead. Well, I just think that I think that um, there's not enough weight given to like Landon getting screwed on that one because he gets the first round, he gets DQ'd for beating up Brad and not going to his belt. And the second round, Brad takes Landon's hook and throws it in the air, and then that's okay, even though in the first round Landon got mm-hmm. DQ'd. I think that the build up to that elimination is what makes that moment so good. Is it's like. You've got Landon, Brad, Evan, and Mark Long trying to decide who's going to get voted into the duel, which is insane when you think about the four of those people making that decision. I mean, you've got four of arguably the best people in the history of the show making this decision. And the reason Landon got voted in is he's the one that leaves the room to get paper and pens, and Evan looks at everybody and goes, we're voting for him, right? <laughs> And well, that's the last one before the final, correct? It is. It's the last yeah, one before the final. killing everybody in that final. Like, that's the thing. Landon had by far one of the most single dominant performances of a season from start to finish. Like, he was unstoppable in the duel, too. And it well, was the... besides Carly, of course, on Fresh Meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is an, that's in one of those, like, top six what-the-fuck moments is Landon and Carly <laughs> winning champion. Fresh Meat, yeah. too. Like... Right. I still like having rewatched that season. She's actually not terrible the whole season, but you don't think that she can beat Laurel and Kenny. Besides when she almost passes out in that one elimination. Oh my lord. The fact That's that Landon Landon like drug her through that final, but she held her own and you've got Laurel and Kenny who couldn't beat them. I was just shocked. Oh, it's crazy. But yeah, I mean like Landon in duel two was unstoppable. And it was Brad, whether you call the DQ legit or not, and then it's okay when Brad kind of screwed with his deal. It's still one of those just like shocking moments because if you watch Duel 2 not knowing the outcome, you're thinking, oh, Landon's going to win this. Like that's what's about to happen. He's amazing that entire season. And the fact that Brad screwed him over and then that led into Evan winning the season, it's just like, wow. Like Evan got it. That's the other thing people forget. Evan, despite his quote-unquote running the challenge to this point, 
he had not gotten a win until hey, that's a super two. consequential elimination because if we say Landon beats Brad and it goes on to win, Evan is not on the champions team on the ruins. Oh, Evan is on the rookies or the the challengers team if he's even cast at that point. Yeah, and then you've got like who is who is taking his spot? Like probably Alton, maybe Landon actually takes. Who, who knows who takes his who spot? Who knows? That completely it, changes the dynamic. The ruins is a completely different season if True. Evan does if that situation with that elimination does not happen. It's crazy because you could say like on the seasons we've watched of Evan, so we've had him for Fresh Meat, The Duel, and Gauntlet Three. You can make an argument he's the best male competitor in each of those seasons. He just never finds his way to a win. Uh, can I bring up one more quick elimination before I get to oh, my greatest? Uh, yeah. So this yeah, one, the one elimination is. This probably has the biggest discrepancy between the elimination itself versus the consequences of the elimination. And that is, of course, the wink heard around the world. Tony Reigns throwing in Johnny Bananas, and we get Devin versus Bananas in a this fucking is, this is a great light one. bright, yeah, I, I, light bright elimination. I, I, I love it. I am a Devin stan if there ever was such a thing. I, I'm. Maybe, yeah. I'm not going to say I subscribe to his OnlyFans, but you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm considering it. it it's my, my PayPal is up and I'm ready to do it. Uh, I, I've always loved the guy. I love, you know, people trash him for like his main storyline being he wants to come for the king. And he wa- he wanted to just leapfrog everyone and just make his storyline the most important by going right at Bananas. I kind of respected it, to be honest. And I loved it because I've always despise bananas and i wanted someone to just come right at him and the fact that he lobbied for it and there's that incredible moment where they're sitting by the pool and banana and devin is talking to him he's like and i had this vision where you know we, we i get voted in you get voted in and i send you home and bananas is like and then you wake up and we realize this isn't fucking reality <laughs> and then he could some devin somehow convinces tony to make that final vote uh i think it's Incredible. The elimination, yes, it's probably one of the only ones that Devin could legitimately beat Bananas in, but it happens. It goes on to set up an incredible rivalry between uh, Bananas and Tony, who become partners on Final Reckoning, and that's hugely consequential because that they go on to the, the, elim- the final elimination on that season. So just had to throw that one out there. That's a I, I think one. that's a very good call. I didn't I really do. think about that one, but I think – that's another one where just the entire episode kind of leads into that. And I think it's a very good conclusion to a very good episode. So I, I'm with that call. Yep. It's it's not one of the greatest, but it is definitely worth being in the conversation because of the consequences. I agree. The other two that I have on my honorable mentions list are very huge wild cards. Uh, the first one is Johnny Derrick from Dirty 30. Just because... I, like that on my a lot. I love that one. I yeah, consider it on my short list. It it really is a great elimination because both of those dudes respect the hell out of each other. They're friends in real life, and they held nothing back trying to beat each other. And you can't ask for anything else. And Derek came out on top, which to me solidified Derek's like legacy of the challenge of he's always the underdog, but he finds a way to win when he got good. When he got to Inferno 3 from then on... He just found a way to win. And so, like, I love it for that. And it's just a great moment. It's just, compared to these other things we've talked about, it didn't feel like a top six. And then the other one is kind of along the same lines. And this one might get me a little hate from listeners. I don't think you guys will disagree. Timmy Abe from Inferno 3. Yeah. 
Good call. Because of just the drama of everybody thought Timmy won and then he gets DQ'd. And then he gets the greatest send off in challenge history where he gives this amazing speech where he talks about, you know, keep doing as many of these challenges as you can. And this will be my last challenge. It's time for you guys to take this mantle and go forward. And it just is such an incredible moment. And I hate the fact that this like it's the one season that was just, you know, missing from the archives and people forget that this happened. But that speech at the end of the elimination is incredible. So it's not like a top six, but it needs to be in a conversation of great eliminations. He gets I honestly in that one too. Yep. Yeah, I honestly can't say I actually remember that one, but Timmy is a legacy challenger that needs to be remembered it when we discuss the entirety of the show. And funny quick anecdote, uh Susie always talks about on her pod that she watched the was Timmy a, a road ruler or a real world? Road he ruler. was road, he was he road was rules second season two. Of road rules. And by yeah. the way, if you've never seen it, road rule season two is hilarious from start to finish. Well, it if has you Timmy can... on it. How could it not be hilarious? Exactly. He right. is TV gold on that season. And it neat. And I've actually been to a lot of the places that they go to on that season. So it like had an even extra like, oh, I've been there kind of moment. Like, it's just a great show. It's so good. So Susie always talks about she applied to be on an MTV reality show because she was in the deepest of love with Timmy. And so she did road rules, got onto the challenge and just like confessed her love for him and said, I'm doing this all for you, which is like a little fucking creepy. But I think they dated for a little bit after they met. They dated for a little bit. Yeah. I think it was Gauntlet 2. Yeah, they were dating during Gauntlet 2. Yeah, they were I dating like, during Gauntlet 2. Yeah, I think Timmy, of those names from that sort of era of the show, like especially of the guys, you have like the Mrs. and the Mark Longs and the Theo Vons. They've all gone to either two other things or have just stay, like keep, kept some prominence in the world, let's say. And he hasn't to that same extent. But I, I think in terms of me enjoying them on screen, he's up there with just about anybody. Yeah. yeah. And he has done a ton of like, stuff in hollywood like he does like production and he does casting really yeah like no well, he hosted a show right yeah he was actually when he did battle the seasons one he was hosting a show on what was then fox sports net and it was like people forget this like so fox sports one as it exists now is kind of a new thing fox sports used to be like a regional thing where they had some national programming but the rest the of the best it damn sports show period exactly tom arnold that kind of thing he hosted a show like the best damn sports show period for the fox sports net affiliates that was run in different time zones depending on what was going on so like because of that he was a big deal when he showed up on battle of the seasons because he actually had like a national gig when he hmm. did it and post that if i remember right he did like casting and production work and if i remember correctly he still works in la in like production for stuff so he like he's a behind the scenes guy but he's got like a good gig Hmm, i had no idea uh can i give one quick all-time absolute dog shit dishonorable mention before i say (laughs) my my... please i mean i think it could be a list but i think in terms of the competitive element 
and how it wasn't actually a competition between the two people that were in the elimination. We all and all challenge fans should universally universally agree. Nani versus Georgia, which was actually, in fact, Wes versus Turbo, is the all-time worst elimination in challenge history. I, I think it has to be the worst. I think there's two primary contenders. There's that one. And then there is the the Theo. one from the gauntlet. Well, I was gonna say the one from the in- invasion, where it's like where the one that Theo and Corey and Jenna and um... oh, the coconut thing where they jump off. Oh, yeah, they jump well, off see, see that one is entirely producer based. They could have said any time about anyone, and they would have had to just take their word for it. Yeah, exactly. That's my whole thing. They could it's use, terrible. That, that may have been the most easily. Well, actually, there's a lot that are easily riggable. But that that one is an extreme one where it's like, what are they even judging here? Like, I, I it right. was, it was that one was absolutely moronic. So I think right, both times were changes. under ten seconds, so they could have been like, uh, actually, yeah, you were nine and three quarters of a second. Yeah, exactly. right. it looks like Anika, you took nine seconds. Like, yeah, your arm doesn't actually leave the space of the cliff until you know one point five seconds into the elimination. So there's just so much Johnny Rule police going on in that elimination. So I think those are the two clear. Yeah. Shout out to to Theo for being the worst Theo in a trio of Theos that have been <laughs> on the show. Well, there's actually a, no, there's a, um, a fourth Theo, right? There's Theo Gantz. What? Who the hell is that? You're right. There is a fourth. Um, Theo Gantz. Old school. He was on in, oh, yeah, he was yes, yes, yes. Good call. Uh, man, a trio of, trio of Theos sounds so much cooler. It's really a quartet. It, it really, well, we, yeah, see, that's a good excuse. We can remove him from the trio of Theos, and then we'll have a trio of Theos. There you go. But I mean, his game. whole storyline on his real world season was like, I'm an incredible athlete. I played with Jimmy Garoppolo at Eastern Illinois or whatever that, that college was. Like, uh, I, like, I should be in the NFL, but my cousin smoked weed in my dorm, and therefore I was screwed. And it's just like such BS. And uh, that dude is the biggest. And then he chickens out on the side yep. of the cliff. And he's still on Twitter talking shit about current challengers. <laughs> you still have MTV in his bio? I don't know, actually. That's a great I, Twitter. I, I have a good argument with him lately. I was blocked by, uh, what's his name? Uh, we mentioned him earlier. Big, giant dude. Uh, God, what was his name? His, his Twitter. No, his Twitter handle is like Swamp something. Uh, do not know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I'm blanking, dude. We'll, we'll we'll come back to this one later. We'll come I'll back, go, yeah. Well, so do we want to actually get to our number ones now? Let's do yeah, it. let's do the number ones. All right, Logan, number one. Okay, my number one isn't actually an elimination at all. It's champs versus pros. Terrell Owens getting into an argument with CT. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I would say that that is that, arguably though. one of the greatest moments in the history of reality we can TV. Definitely though. Talk about that, that was so that, awesome. That season is such a mess. <laughs> no, that's one of the greatest moments, and the fact that yeah, he calls him CT. out for blowing all the, <laughs> and the fact that CT so called him out like a punk bitch, and To had no comeback, zero. He's like, I didn't blow through two hundred million dollars. And I mean, that is like, such a nuts season because that's also the season where Camilla like goes nuts on the producer and steals the golf cart. Oh, such a train wreck! Oh, is that all the same season? It Jesus. is it's all one season. Uh, anyways, so my actual elimination, uh, greatest elimination of all time. It's it, there's not even a question in my mind when you guys said, "Oh no, you need to change it to all time greatest." I wrote down number one, Cutthroat Bananas versus CT, which is really Tyler versus Johnny. 
but it, it's it's like this is the only moment that I show my friends when I'm like, this is the show that I'm hugely invested in that I do a podcast about that I think this would be the moment to get you interested in it. Like there is no doubt in my mind that this is not only the greatest elimination of all time, but the greatest moment in challenge history. Like there is absolutely zero doubt. You cannot convince me otherwise. Uh, does anybody else have this number one? No. I added a, where did I have it? I added it at three. But yeah, I think you can, easily make, you can easily make the argument that this is number one. It's just, for me, it's just the same thing with the, just the mercenaries aspect of it kills a ton of it for me. And also, this is one where Devin and I definitely diverge, but I much prefer like the tight competition uh, eliminations where it's one person going at it with the other person and they're in super close competition. You don't know who's going to reach the very mean- end. Like, I love those. Like, I mean, that's the reason why the Laurel Ninja one is great. That's the reason why the Derek West one is great. Um, yeah, those are great, too. Well, I was just speaking because we, we have talked before about how you want every single sports game you watch to be a 50-point blowout. No, that's not what I said. I said when it's people that I would prefer to win or that I have a rooting interest in and invested like interest in them winning, I would prefer for that to happen in some occasions. Okay. Like well, if the Broncos are playing, Devin is like all in on winning seventy to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't like I, I don't want I don't want them to like squeak out a win. Like I want to blow up. Okay. Well. And see, I fall on this is that this is a weird take on it. Maybe I think that you could make an argument that it's one of the greatest moments in challenge history. Yeah, but it, from an elimination it. standpoint, I I I just have. I have issues with it like Rob does. And it's not that it's not a great moment. I think it's one of the greatest moments in the history of the show. But from an elimination standpoint, it's different than Laurel Ninja because for me, Laurel and Ninja were in the game. CT wasn't. CT smokes Johnny and burns himself out. And Tyler gets a free win. And so, like, I just don't like it for that reason when we're talking about eliminations. So where did the two of you have it ranked? Tyler is the actual winner of the Johnny-CT rivalry. It's not even on my list as honorable mentions. I think it's one of what? the greatest moments in the show. Wow. Okay, wow. here's the thing. It doesn't bring me joy, first of all. What? Two. Yeah, it doesn't. What? It doesn't. I've never been more joyous in my life. That's because I love Johnny Bananas, and it is painful to see this moment. <laughs> I think now, now but it's like a good kind of pain. <laughs> like, Okay, here, here's an interesting question. This is for me. So... If, uh, let's say, Blue Team wins that mission and Gray Team goes in instead and he does that to Luke, where do you think this stands in Challenge <laughs> Nobody gives a flying fuck. Yeah. Care. No one cares. But the rivalry between Bananas and CT had already been so established, and the fact that it was the first mercenary ever was such a shocking moment. And it was CT. I disagree yeah, The there. fact that it was CT actually did not matter that he was not in the game because him showing up was like, holy shit. That's CT. He is going to F up whoever he's against and it's, so badly. And it's how he won. He didn't just win. He literally he lifts him up off the ground and he's like shaking around in the air. Exactly. The bana- there's a reason it's called Bananas Backpack. And that's why I say it's probably the greatest moment in the history of the show. From an elimination standpoint, I'm not there. But I also I take a little bit of umbrage with what you said there, Logan, about like they built up this rivalry between the two. 
I don't think that the rivalry mattered worth a flying flip until after that moment because to that point, that be right. Yeah, you might. Be Johnny three. Johnny was on the duel for a cup of coffee and it didn't matter. Then they were on Inferno three together and CT punches Davis and goes home. So we really don't get anything there. And then Gauntlet three is the only real moment where we see anything where CT was the advocate for Johnny going in. So it was built a little bit but to me their rivalry didn't matter to me as a viewer until after that moment because then it was like okay johnny needs to get his revenge what's he gonna do that's why that right, so I, I would counter them so the, that makes this the moment that actually launches this rivalry into the stratosphere and you're right that's absolutely correct i can't fault you on that at all it's a, it's a bewildering physical achievement for me. It's not. Like, <laughs> That's an incredible way to put it. it. For me, it's not competitive enough to, to be what I'm looking for and looking at the top elimination. Yeah. Like I said, it's a great moment. I don't see it as a top elimination for there, me. There's also a hot spot between like 12 seconds and 10 minutes that I usually want my eliminations to last. And this falls under that category. I agree. But in terms of like greatest casual moment like for a casual fan to just be like oh my god this guy did did something that arguably no human could ever achieve against another human being and the way that johnny bananas sells it oh. during the the uh you, you know interview process where he's like oh and so i thought i'd you know take a good look up at the stars and like he's in on the joke with it yeah. really helps to sell the moment that he knows he's a part of what's going to be replayed 10,000 billion times <laughs> in, on social media before social media even existed. That's the brilliance of it, really. I give you that. And the other thing, too, that is just crazy about that elimination is they flipped a coin for who CT went against first, and it was Johnny. <laughs> if it's Tyler first, does that moment happen? Probably not, because Tyler was 57 pounds overweight at the time. Yeah. So I, like, I think he still. I think Tyler still probably wins, but I don't think CT is able to do the same thing he does to Johnny. No. Um, it is so, funny too now looking at it because Johnny came back and won a season now that was filmed in Prague, and then this was his previous uh, most notable achievement. It's a great point. It's a great right? point. And CT, all of his wins have taken place in Thailand. Yeah. Also true. Sort of weird. Good times. All right. So all right, my number one. Number one. Number one, I don't think this is going to be a shock to many people. Wes Derrick, Duel One, Pole Wrestle. That's I know awesome. that the lore of this from Challenge Mania, which I love those dudes, um, makes this seem more important. But like going back when we rewatched it in our podcast review, I, it's still just this blow away moment of it took what happened between Brad and Abe to the next level of, okay, this is what an elimination can be under the right game with the right players. And it, to me, is the gold standard of what every other elimination has to live up to is that moment. That's that all I got to say. my number one. I, I think it's outstanding television. I also think for an early elimination, it's set very well. They have a good musical background to it. You get good cut-ins from the cast on confessionals. And then you also have the awesome shot after Wes takes away from Derek as the two of them are lying in the elimination and the dual pit. And then the camera slowly pans away to the top, which may or may not be a, have been my, a screensaver on my phone at some point in time. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's but, a great admission. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a superb physical elimination. Like, it's almost it's funny because that one, 
out of all of these ones, Torchlight, it's, it's honestly kind of the hardest to describe because it's literally just the two of them wrestling around on their knees and trying to pull the pole away from each other. But it's still awesome to go back and watch. Yeah, I think it's great. My only issue with it is it lasts like less than two and a half eight minutes. minutes. It's eight minutes of total no, time. I, I think it's more time than you think. The the whole episode is eight, include eight, commercials. Eight, they eight. only show two minutes of it, but they actually no, no they have show the more clock. than two minutes. It's no, no, I just watched it. They show more than two minutes. It's like so I watched, it's like two to three minutes. Are you sure? I just watched I, it. So did I. I watched it right before we got on. <laughs> but the thing is, there's a clock that says it was like eight minutes in when Wes won. So yeah, it was like a hard-fought eight-minute battle we saw maybe less than half of. That sounds about right. It's yeah, I, mean, I think you guys mentioned it earlier that this was like the elimination that sort of broke the mold for how they are going to do physical eliminations moving forward on the show. And that is incredibly important so i really tip of the cap to you on, on choosing this number one so i respect it good stuff Devin, are you contrarian to rob and i here i think i know Devin's number one does yours have chase mcnary in it also <laughs> <laughs> that was not my number one and i but stand the, by my sh- position when he gets eliminated by jojo fletcher on bachelorette <laughs> my number one i think everyone knows it at this point laurel ninja um, yeah, like I mean the range the range of emotions that you feel like within this like like I think it's probably like ten to fifteen minutes runtime. The entire house is invested in it. There's pretty much like an easy like it, well not the entire house. I think well there's probably a certain pretty percentage much, of UK. Honestly, the only people like Smashley had just voted Ninja in, but then she goes back to vote with that side mm-hmm. right after that. So I think she's kind of on the tier totter. There's a few floaters, but pretty much like by and large, like as far as like team usa is concerned like everyone is invested in this and there's a very like definitive line drawn in the sand about which side you're on and from what happens after laurel wins or momentarily (laughs) the confessionals involved the 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 twin bird that she gives is she goes down the, the the suck it moment it's just it rivals Shawn Michaels' greatest suckets of all time. It is. It's this great. Is one of the, this is one of the greatest like TV moments of all time. This is. He looks like, like such a psychopath. She does. Like she looks like she might eat your child the way she looks in that right. moment. And how and it hugely shifted the balance of power in the house. To be we, honest, like we didn't even talk about, or well, I haven't even brought up yet that, like, this is against Ninja, who's like an American Ninja Warrior champion, and this is like a challenge and elimination like perfectly geared for her to win like this is it, it's really an incredible just matchup because ninja at that point had just come off of being the best female prospect on the previous season and had completed the hardest final in history and laurel's many people's best female on the show ever so just the the matchup itself individually is awesome you have the whole house who's super invested which is awesome i, I think that one's incredible I genuinely, genuinely hope the parting moment for Laurel Stuckey on reality TV is not her crying her eyes out over that dumbass Nicole Zanata on X on the Peak because I need to see Laurel back in competitive mode because she's an incredible, incredible competitor. I would uh, love for her to be on season 36. This moment, I I do not fault you whatsoever for putting this number one. I watched it literally six minutes before we we went live on this podcast it is a, an incredible 
uh, elimination and reality TV moment. Is that the best one episode arc of a character on the history of the show? We had a good one for this Laurel or for Ninja? for Laurel for Laurel. Yeah, it might be. It might be. We had a we had a a debate about this, and I feel like you can make a case for it. It's kind of like Tony Vlachos on his perfect game on the episode of Survivor. Episode like this falls apart for Laurel here. I don't like Tony. But we're just talking about like one episode, like like story for a character, right? Is that fall from grace is fairly like like there's there maybe no more black and white moment ever. There's even a part where she's like making crying sounds, making fun of Ninja, and Uh until she finds that Ninja's actually pointing out something that makes sense that she missed a hole on the the husk of her uh, tree or whatever it is. And the fact that TJ is as flabbergasted as anyone else out there, you yeah. don't see TJ get flustered very often. And he's like, we didn't know what to do. So <laughs> uh, I rang the bell once. I rang the, I blew the horn twice. And we went back and had to look at the footage. Yeah. That's one of those where Bananas made a very interesting case. He said they have reset, like, eliminations for dumber reasons and he was like the fact that both contestants made such a bonehead move and missed a trust because of that they should have reset the whole thing and done it over but they didn't and it was like really and it really was the downfall of him and every it shifted the balance of power for the whole season that one moment like that season turns out completely different if Laurel walks away from that. I uh, see. I don't know if I'm fully on that bandwagon. I think because he doesn't actually have the votes at that point, even if Laurel wins. Well, he still had Leroy and Cam. Cam was never voting with him. Cam voted against him that vote. Ashley was the one who flipped that vote. But if you look at the numbers, she could have easily just voted. That's one of the weirder things to me that nobody's ever talked about from the show is why Smashley votes for Ninja there and then just flips back the next episode. She had to shift her game really fast. <laughs> yeah, it's, and then it seems like she's cheering for Ninja in the elimination. I don't know. That's one thing I've always wanted to find out, but I've, I've never gotten an answer from anybody. Anyways, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's an outstanding elimination. Like, I think in terms of just theater of Laurel doing the second and then having the, the pivot to Nope as TJ is telling her she missed the hole in the tree, um, I, I think it's incredible. So much fun. So how do we put a bow on this podcast? Like I, I'm so like awake right now and it's after midnight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, here's actually a good question. So Logan, we got into a huge debate about this at some point. Do you think Laurel comes off as a villain? Is she edited as a villain in that episode or is she like a hero? Ooh, wow. That is a great question. I think that for the most part, she has to be edited as as a villain that episode. I think for the most part, she likes to think of herself as a hero, but she even admits, she's like, Ninja, you are the one that, that broke the line, that, that broke the, the whatever of sportsmanship here by being all giddy and getting excited about this being right up your alley. And so she, in her mind, is just like, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to throw the double birds. I'm going to throw the suck it chop at you 17 times because you are already the one that crossed this line about sportsmanship. So I'm just going to do it 10 times harder, 10 times better because I embarrassed you at your own game. So I think at that point, she's essentially embracing the villain role. I see. I don't buy the sportsmanship thing because I think she legitimately is just excited to get to do it. Like she's someone who climbs stuff randomly in the house. She's climbing stuff all the time. 
like it's not unusual for cast members to be excited at getting to do something like a, a mission or an elimination like half the missions Sarah Rice would walk into she'd be pumped at getting the chance to do them so I, I think right I, but I everyone thought... already despised Ninja because she's so GD annoying See, that's a, that's another narrative that I, I think Ninja's fine I'd be oh man I cannot get on board with that the moment that five minute segment I, I yeah. turned to my girlfriend and I was like this girl needs to SDFU more than anyone else on the show. <laughs> like the moment like right before the challenge starts where she's giving her thoughts on being able to compete in this is like not very flattering towards her. No, it's not. <laughs> I think it's fine. That, that's t- that type of stuff never has bothered me as much. Like, well, like, like, I think that's actually fun to like see like this past season in Total Madness when the cast is super pumped to walk in and see Hall Brawl about to end for, for everybody to compete. And I, I think that stuff's fine. See, Ninja has X-Pac heat with me. That's all I have to say for the wrestling fans <laughs> in the house. <laughs> oh, that is Just a get off my TV. I don't that, like you. Go away. <laughs> that is great. Shout out to the one, two, three kid. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Can I plug one real real quick thing before we sign off here, guys? Please. Go for and it, next, man. Next Wednesday, Allie and I will be hosting Challenge Trivia on Zoom. So 530 west coast time 8 30 east coast time i know if you guys are diehard big brother fans big brother all-star season 22 starts a half hour after that so if you can only jump in for a few minutes i would really appreciate it but i hope to see any of you guys here any of your listeners uh follow me on twitter at hedrick files follow ali at hello ali evans we just tweeted out the link all you got to do is dm me and i'll send you the zoom link um it's going to be really fun we're going to have a great time we, we love the challenge mania live events and this is kind of as close as we can get to it right now. And we want to have fun and see everyone in the community's faces. So come out. Um, and all I'm going to say, Allie, for, you know, we, we swore a, an oath of secrecy, but all I'm going to say is you want to be there. So please show up for trivia. There will be a surprise. Cool. I will, I will definitely Great. try my best to be there. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Cool. Do we have anything else before we jump off? Just, Hey man, thanks for coming on the show. We yeah, always love having you. This is your second appearance. This is great. Yeah, I had an incredible time, despite <laughs> clearly despite Chase We're being in the top six of us. Okay, see that again. That is far away, not the darkest moment of this podcast. That, that the, the, the Tommy Laren adjacency is absolutely unforgivable. But uh, despite he, me, he gets his he gets destroyed in the elimination. It's not like he comes out on top. He's he just gonna head die head on that hill like six times. Uh, and despite me completely uh, misreading the the DMs and doing the com- the homework completely wrong, uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on and being uh, a v- incredibly valued member of the challenge community. I love what you guys do. Going back and not only discussing the current seasons but you know doing these three four episode deep dives on old seasons which is probably arguably now more relevant than ever with no no current uh, or future challenge in our, in our sites down the line and the challenge being on cbs all access so i love what you guys do i love the conversations you guys bring on twitter rob always hitting me up uh shout out to you guys challenge chronicles you guys kick ass Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Logan. Listen to your show, it. too. It's good stuff. That interview you did with Rogan is dude, awesome. That Dude, that story he had about Idris was hilarious. I, that, yes. I, I thought that was incredible. Any of our listeners, if you have not ever listened to Logan's podcast, the first one you need to go listen to is his interview with Rogan, like, right now. Well, there's two, because on the first one we had him on, he told the story about the original rivalry with him and 
Kyle, do you guys remember that story? No. Um, I think I was. That was a while ago, right? That was yeah, that's a little vague. I vividly remember him talking about Idris, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, we Ali and I rip on Idris every single podcast because <laughs> the guy is a, a certified, actual, real life living troll. All I'll say, all I will say about his, uh, you know, this is what we were talking about stuff pre vendettas of uh, their like genuine, actual rivalry on uk reality tv it involves a girl that both of them had relations with and uh one of the the girl had kyle's named tattooed on her and uh rogan let's just say put certain bodily fluids on said tattoo wow i will leave that that's where the rogan kyle rivalry started and with that thank you for listening (laughs) We appreciate everyone that tunes in, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye.